Hey folks, what do you know? It's the Uticast episode 205, the special Memorial Day uh, holiday special that you won't listen to until after the holiday is already over, so I don't even know why I'm mentioning it. Uh, of course, we're joined this week by uh, GFOP Zach Wilson. He's been on many times, member of the Maiden Utica family, here to talk about his newest uh, project, Old School Cool. I'm very excited to talk about this one. Uh, also this week, Heather is back. Uh, Kevin is here. We're talking about Memorial Day. We're talking about Saranac Thursdays, about the end of uh, stealing Native American culture, at least in one state, uh, about the FDA, about Morehouse College, history lessons, New York City's supervillain, the Rolling Stones, we're going to talk about that Aladdin remake. It's uh, something, from what I've heard. Uh, all that and so much more, folks. Uh, enjoy your Memorial Day. It's been a beautiful day. Summer's in full effect. And as always, we are happy to have you here. Oh, yes. Afternoon podcast. We're back, folks. We're back. It's the Uticast episode 205. Uh, I am, of course, your host and producer here on a beautiful uh, Monday afternoon, Sam Pamelaro, and joining me, of course, Heather Waz, who made it here on Memorial Day. I was gonna, I could have, I would have given you the day. No, off. I already missed last week. So I. That's <laughs> all right. Do that. That's why I said to her, she didn't want to miss two weeks no in way. a row. No way. No uh, way. And of course, Kevin also enjoying his Memorial Day here Never on Monday. Miss. Never. Never miss. <laughs> you do live here, it's true. Never miss. Uh, first off, happy Memorial Day, guys. Thanks. Uh, and of course, happy Memorial Day to all of you listeners who will be listening to this the day after Memorial Day. Uh, and of course, shout out to uh, all the military veterans and the military people serving our country now. Uh, I always think about my grandfather. No? What? I always think about my grandfather from Memorial Day. He was like such a, he was a paratrooper. I always think about those stories back mm-hmm. in the day. Common thing, uh, Memorial Day, uh, not for veterans. Mm. So you don't wish veterans in your life a happy Memorial no. Day because it has nothing to do with them. Oh. Uh, Memorial Day is for the people uh, who were killed in the line of duty and who died while serving the country. Well, there you go. Veterans Day is for the veterans. There was a service when I was going through Inlet this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's services in all the little towns all around today. Well, see, there you go. Learn something mm-hmm. today. That's my own That's my own fault. Uh, Kevin, how did you celebrate Memorial Day? I saw you playing some bass in there. I, yeah, it was, I mean, I'm, I'm working on some stuff. Um, oh, nice. Nice. Bass guy. Yeah. Out there. Ooh. The bass guy. This is weird. You guys are weird. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm done. I'm done. This is weird. Are you playing your shows up? I'm out. I'm out of here today. Yeah, that's good. It's fair. Okay. It's a holiday. I'm not going to... Yeah. Me and Heather can hold out. I'm going to eat some salt it. potatoes. Oh, oh salt where? potatoes. In the kitchen. There's, ki- there's salt potatoes in the kitchen. You want some salt potatoes? Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Go grab some. No. Go grab some. I'll, I can hold it down for you for yeah. 10 seconds if you want to get a salt potato. It's sitting right, right there. Go ahead. Right the thing. Grab a paper towel and get a salt potato. Were you playing a new show or something? What? You playing a show? I'm playing some bass. Nice. Nice. Were you learning a song I'm familiar with or was it something new? I'm learning a bunch of songs. What? She, while Heather's taking two he- uh, salt potatoes, you made a point that I don't know if a lot of people know. Uh, I was aware of it, but do you know that salt potatoes are just a local thing? You brought this up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, local local to regional, yeah. Yeah, regional yeah, yeah. type item. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seems like everybody else is missing out. Oh, yeah. I gotta well, tell you, as, as the resident uh, potato expert here on the podcast, <laughs> um, I, don't, I of... don't know if there's a better way to consume the potato. No, there isn't. 
Okay, mm. so let me ask you this question, though. Is this one of those kind of things, like Chicken Riggies, where we're like, oh, Chicken Riggies, but you can get Chicken Riggies anywhere else, we call them something different? Can you get salt potatoes in other places and they don't call them salt potatoes? Not really. Or not really, as I wonder. Oh. Hmm. It's like tomato pie. You can get tomato pie in places. It's not very good. And mm. they don't call it tomato pie all the time, but it's it exists. All right. Oh, God. I wouldn't. Yep. Yeah, uh, my dad made those. It's all right. No, it's Tell good. him thank you. I will. I will let him know. Uh, I'm so happy right now. Good. <laughs> but, uh, Heather, so you went camping for your more of the weekend? I went weekend? To camp, up to camp for the weekend. And you're back already. I appreciate You had to work today. I did. It's because you work in a touristy type situation. Yeah, I work in a zoo. That's right. <laughs> it's got to be such a downer, too, because, like, I, was, I think about this work in education. You know, I work for the Utica School District, but I also work at Utica College. So the, the days that they give you off don't line up. Yeah. All the time, like maybe they'll give you a week off from Utica schools, but Utica College Just, is still open. This is one of those rare days when both Utica College and Utica schools are closed, and I don't have to spend a vacation day or go into the office. It was pretty nice. It reminded me how like lucky I was when I was home for like a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Everybody else was out having fun. And I'm like, oh. I'm um. So a couple things. Uh, I got caught up a little sunburned on the arms, as you can see here, just a little bit, just a little bit, and that's because I was out. For most of the afternoon, playing outdoor Memorial Day style backyard games with my dad and niece and nephew and my sister and some other folks. So I ran through a couple of the games here that we played today. And uh, I want to see if you guys have any experience with some of these classic yard party games. What do you guys know about bocce? You mess with bocce at all? Is that the little thing where you hit the ball? No, that's croquet. Bocce is the Italian game where you have the little, uh, it's called a Pauline, but it's just a little tiny ball. And you have to, and you get larger balls, and you have to roll them toward the small ball. It's like closer, shorter game. It's an okay. old Italian man's game. Have you familiar with bocce? Uh, only because you talk about bocce quite often. You're a big really? bocce guy. Yeah. Often? You're a big I don't bocce know if it's guy. Off- You're a big bocce guy. You take any opportunity you can to talk about the Pauline. It's I do like talking about the Pauline. Uh, it's one of the few sort of like casual pickup games that I'm actually somewhat decent at. Like mm. I'm not great at some of the other games we're gonna li- I'm gonna list here on this this run. Uh, one particularly that people really like that I am terrible at is Can Jam. I'm terrible. At I'm that game. horrendous at Can Jam. Terrible. I don't. I'm pretty like, good at Can Jam. Nah, mm-hmm. I, I can't make a frisbee go where I want it to go. Yeah. So, you know, and it's just I'm not coordinated enough for it. Got to command the frisbee. Yeah, bocce. It's it's the big heavy ball. It's like weighted. That's got a little more new. I can understand that. I can make it roll down the you know the grass a little bit. You can play out. It's, like, it's almost more like golf in a weird way. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, frisbee, like frisbee can jam, is a little bit more uh, nuanced, and I, I can't do it. Uh, what about cornhole? Played a little cornhole today. What are you guys' thoughts on cornhole? We were talking about it last week on the show. We were talking yeah. about cornhole and it. can jam, and I said the same thing. I would take can jam over cornhole any time oh. of the day. I would um, flip it. Yeah, cornhole a little slow for me. Not my favorite. Not my favorite of the long games. I like the. I can get real serious when I'm playing cornhole. I yeah. really think about mm-hmm. it. They take your time, get that good, nice, the good underhand toss. And I like an underhand tossing game. Horseshoes, mm-hmm. bocce, ski uh, ball, ski ball uh, cornhole, anything where I the underhand throw. Uh, the other one I put up on here was we played horse, which isn't really an outdoor game. Just me I and my niece and nephew. Little horse, little basketball. Nice mm-hmm. to shoot the ball around. Did I miss any seminal like outdoor yeah. games that I'm forgetting here? The one with the horseshoes. Yeah, horseshoes. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah horseshoes, big one. Uh, ladder ball. A oh, favorite. Wow. Yeah, ladder ball. Yeah. Favorite. Ladder ball I'm is actually sick. not so good at ladder ball. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I get another one that I don't understand the mechanics of for whatever reason. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You do. Um. Uh, what's the other one? Um. 
Like, well, wiffle ball, obviously, that's sort of a different thing. You play wiffle ball at all with people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my that's almost like base. That's basically getting like baseball. But those are kind of like things you do with your kids, though. Wiffle ball is like those. Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I'm saying yeah. like it doesn't necessarily count yeah. as a traditional lawn game. Well, what's lawn. nice? What about lawn darts? Oh, yeah. That's lawn a good one with the circle. They're you banned. Like... They're banned everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can't. they are. Well, because it's super dangerous. But... Well, they had the one with the circle bottom. Didn't they make ones with Well, right. They make those like... are still dangerous. They have oh. concrete in the tip. But oh. no, the ones, yeah, the, the, I didn't know they used that. to have the sharp ones. Those were great. Yeah. Well, they're back crazy. in like the seventies, yeah, you get like just literally just big giant darts, and they're super dangerous. And you still see them once in a while when people like old folks have them. Like my grandparents used to have a set of those from back in the day. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely super dangerous. <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I was little. <laughs> uh, I went to a place that had a pool today, and I did not get in the pool. I don't regret it. I got to be honest. I generally like to get in the pool, but I was not feeling getting wet today. Not there yet. No. <laughs> also, the pool itself wasn't as warm as I'd want it to be. It well, it's like, not really warm out either. Like, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's only, like, maybe 80 degrees. That's true. The pool hasn't had much time to get out in the mm-hmm. sun. Uh, have you guys thought about uh, how long it's going to be before people start complaining that it's too hot and they want cold weather again? We talk about this every year, that it, it'll happen eventually. I think it'll be, like... First week of July. First week of July. I was going to say, early July, you'll start to see people with it's that. I'll be one of those people. As soon so. as it gets hot and stays hot, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah? You guys are both yeah, on, that, sure. on that It's, it's going to get you too hot. <laughs> okay, so there was a question. This is not our uh, bits from another blog, but since we're talking about it, that the question I read on somewhere this week was: Would you rather be so you're either in a ninety degrees all day, and you have to deal with a twenty minute spurt of being in the cold, or you're cold all day and you have to deal with a twenty minute spurt of being in like ninety degree heat? What's worse? Would you rather be in like a cold situation and have to go somewhere hot for a short amount of time, or a hot situation and go somewhere really cold for a short amount of time? It's a weird question, I know. That's a super I, weird I'm question. I'm just going to say that. Um, I, mean, I mean, I don't want to deal with the hot all day, so I'd rather deal with the cold. Yeah, because I can wear layers. Right. You can put yeah. more stuff on, but yeah. you can't take more stuff off. And right? then I get yeah, to yeah. go into like a 90-degree sauna, I guess, throughout the day. I mean, I'd be okay. I think something about... I like the heat a little bit. Like I like to get a little bit of that sweat. It's good for you, I think. Sometimes sweat it out. Like that. a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think because I grew, we've grown up in upstate New York, I kind of... I don't want to sell out warm weather while we have it. We don't have a track record of having a ton of great warm weather up here all all year, so I, I'm trying not to be negative about the small the small cap of what we do get. We'll talk to you in a, we'll talk to you in July. Yeah, talk to you. Ask me in July. Uh, uh, also, uh, Kevin, I have to ask because it's no longer your job to put it together. Saranac Thursday began last week. It's uh, true. Are you are you excited? Are you more excited for it now that you're not necessarily working there and having to go through the procedural aspect of it? I'm certainly glad I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, big, big time glad that I'm not there. Um, especially, you know, in talking with some people I still have there and, you know, yeah. the ongoing um, uh, nuances sure. of employment in that role. Um, <laughs> yeah. I talked to some people who are still over there, and yes, I'm very glad uh, this summer more than any that I'm not there. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't make me any more excited for it. I think it's just kind of over for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't point. know. I don't know the ifs and whens of when I would ever desire to go back for as a as a spectator, or customer. Right. 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 You know right. what I mean? That's interesting. You sort of when you're in there. The I noticed it when I went to a concert at the brewery last summer. Mm-hmm. Was that get the let out? Uh, yes. Yeah. I couldn't get out of. I couldn't relax. No, that's I couldn't fair. get out of work mode. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop like watching and you know what I mean? And, like, no, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pulling myself back and like, you know, sort of standing towards the back and like looking at everything and watching, like letting it go. Like it's too ingrained. 
Uh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I think that you make a spot on point. I don't. I don't drink all that much in the first place, right? So I don't have a lot of things that drag me down to see mm-hmm. Saranac Thursday, except I guess the Bane. Also, I work a lot. Of, like by the time I got to work on Thursday, I feel like I'd have to really hustle down there to like change and clean up if I really wanted to see somebody. Okay. Um, and there's only a few bands I know down there that I'm like that I really like. You know, I'm not knocking any of the bands. I don't yeah. know a lot of the bands on the list this year besides like Our Common Roots and like the old mills, uh, the, the old main guys who've been on the show before and. You know, I know the last left guys, but I don't know them personally. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for people who who are excited. I know that Maiden Utica is pouring down here mm-hmm. at Saranac one of these upcoming weeks. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll be there for that. So that'll be the next one. I guess I'm excited just because it means we're really kicking off what feels like the actual summertime proper. For sure. Right? That's the... I like all that stuff. Yeah. About it. I'm not, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, I'm not against it. It's just not it's necessarily not your... for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Well, can I put... I kind of get stressed out in big crowds now as I get older. Yeah. I think that just being around lots and lots of people bothers me in a way it didn't when I was 22. Hmm. Or 23. In a way that I do I just get anxious around lots and lots and lots of people. Especially if it's like... This is going to sound like an egomaniac thing. When we were performing, if we were playing on stage in front of somebody, that didn't bother me. You're removed, though. I'm removed from it, right? When you're on stage, you're you're very specifically not in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, you're removed from it. And even then, I mean, you know, you're always... And you and I were both always kind of a type to more hang backstage and off to the side, even yeah. like before or after mm-hmm. the show or something like that. Yeah, that's really fair. Instead of like going out and diving and throwing ourselves right in the thick of the crowd. Heather, have you gotten better or worse with big crowds as you get older? Worse. For worse. Sure. So you're, you're oh, sort yeah. of in the zone with me then. Like yeah, I, and like honestly, I, I used to go to drink. And now I go there and I'll have a, a drink and I'm watching everybody get wasted around me and I'm not... I don't know. No, I'm with you on that. I think that that's, a, that's an age thing, too. And like I'm we're talking getting... to people who are drunk the whole time. Mm, yeah. No, that's My true. problem, I think, too, as I get older is um, I do what I can to try to avoid the stop and chat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and more than more than most, when I'm there, I got to talk to everybody. Yeah. That's everybody. a great point. It's not like a, you know, it's not an ego thing where, like, oh, everybody knows me and everybody, everybody wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, just by nature of being down there, you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. so many people... That you've got to stop and say hello to. And it's always nice when people want to talk to you, but like I don't want to go down and spend my whole night having ten minute chunks of conversation with fifty different varying levels of acquaintance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it's stressful. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's all I have for summertime content. Anything you guys have on your mind about summertime, Memorial Day? Before I move on to this week's news stories, how's Kaz dealing with the weather? Is he happy that it's nice he's out? Love it. Oh, he's like, it. Is he inside like ever anymore? No, See, every my... day he wants to eat dinner outside now. It's his breakfast outside. Oh, it's so weird. I, I love him sending the porridge. Nice. My nephew is terrified of bees suddenly. Like, he's gotten to a point where, like, bugs freak him out. So, yeah. like, while everyone was outside today eating in the picnic table, he was inside yeah. eating by himself because he didn't want to be near bugs. Do you ever get stung or something? Or? A lot of kids are scared uh, of bees. I was a little scared of bees when I was like that as a kid, yeah. too. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not trying to get stung. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was a big part of it. Because they made, because it's because a lot of parents emphasize, oh my gosh, there's a bee, get away. And then the kids yeah. pick it up on it and then they become scared of the bees. Mm-hmm. So. Well, he gets nerved out for, he thinks everything he sees is a wasp. And I'm like, that's not a wasp. It's because somebody's probably yeah. said a lot about wasps. <laughs> that's true. Well, also, you know, fuck wasps. Terrible, disgusting animals. I hate them. Uh, but yeah, I feel you. Like, it, I felt bad for him. Yeah. Right? I don't like bees and hornets and yellow jackets either, but now I feel like whenever I'm out with him, I have to, like, set a good example and just like, oh, be like... it's just a bee. Yeah, just relax. It's no big deal. Which is the way you should be. Absolutely. Yeah. When you see a bee, a bee comes near you, don't change anything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Bees not going to do nothing unless you agitate it. Wasp, though. Yeah, that's there the are little thing. hornets yeah. and wasps. Wasps and hornets and yellow jackets yeah. are all assholes. That's a yeah. you run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, so let's get into this week's news uh, news story. Uh, I saw this one this week. I thought this was kind of surprising. Uh, earlier this week, Maine became the first state in the country to ban the use of Native American mascots for any of its public schools, colleges, or universities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Governor Janet Mills signed the bill into law last week, and it was set to go into effect 90 days after its, uh, its placement. This was a quote from her. Uh, While Indian mascots were often originally chosen to recognize and honor a school's unique connection to Native American communities in Maine, uh, we have heard clearly and unequivocally from Maine tribes that they are a source of pain and anguish, uh, and that uh, this new law sends a tr- message of truth and honor and respect. Do you have any thoughts about the banning of Native American uh, mascots from public schools? Fine by me. Yeah, my school's mascot got changed. Yeah, I think Proctor's... I don't know if Proctor ever had a Native American necessarily mascot. They were always the Raiders, but I think there was a period of time where they had the, the headdress Indian as the, the Raider logo, and I think they moved away from that, like early in the 90s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of places have already sort of soft done this without necessarily making it a law. Like, you see a lot of schools just sort of take it upon themselves to move away from it. Mm-hmm. I guess my question was growing up as, like, a sports fan, there's, like, when does it become egregious, right? Like, you go look at, like, the Cleveland Indians and, like, Chief Wahoo, and, like, that is a racist stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a caricature. But then you look at, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It's an Arrowhead logo with a K and a C in it. They don't use the, like, the Native American iconography as much. Like, is that offensive? I wonder, like, where do you draw the line? Like, when does it become parody, I guess is the question. And when is it, like, you're honoring somebody? I wonder. I guess I'm not the person to answer that question either because I wouldn't have the answers to it. But Yeah, it's the Native Americans. Yeah, I guess. And if they tell you, hey, we don't like that. I mean, it's the least we could do for them. Yeah. Here's my thing. Every time something like this happens and when people are like, Oh, like my some of some of the biggest biggest known idiots in the world. The people were like, "Oh, everything's so PC now. People are so PC." I think that's a childish argument. All I see when stuff like this happens, right, is if a tribe, some Native American folks, are like, man, you know, I understand that's been your logo for a while, but it really like you know it makes us feel bad about this. Thing. Oh, it's no problem. We'll change. Like somebody's like, "Hey, man, you know, when you use that word, it really makes me feel some type of way." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no problem. I'm sorry, I won't use it again. Just like, don't be an asshole. Yeah, it's simple stuff. You don't need to be a jerk. And like at a certain point, people are just like, "Well, I'm going to keep doing it because nobody's going to tell me what to do." And it's like you're literally a child. What well, that's nation- what other nationality do we actually use for sports? Not- <laughs> no, that's we a great point. We don't, Jewish, we don't have. We don't use Polish. We don't. That would be a. It would be a. It's true. Like I guess if there was a football team <laughs> called the Brooklyn Guidos, I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily be offended by it, but I would be. I'd raise an eyebrow at it, certainly. Do you know what I mean? Like offended, I think is is too much of like a. I think it's a bit of a cop out word because we can be like, "Oh, I'm offended." It's you're not offended. Yeah. It's just like, "Hey, dude, knock it all." Like offended has become to mean like, "I'm so offended, I can't even look." Hmm. That's not what it is for people, but it's just like, really, like are we still? It's kind of the yeah, irony, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, what I can see about this, the this uh, banning the uh, the Native American iconography. Um, You'll definitely get people who do this with everything who will like backlash against this backlash. Who will be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like then that's certainly coming. And people, oh, everything's there's... so PC now, yeah, yeah, and rah rah rah, and yeah. you know, everybody's so sensitive. And people yeah. who are also sensitive fools. Those are usually the sensitive <laughs> people. When you hear when you hear somebody talking yeah. like that, that's the snowflake. You found them. <laughs> that's how you find them. It's too hot for snowflakes now. I mean, and you know, I because it's interesting because people have asked me when I have the conversation like Notre Dame fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. It's a great you point. Know, I never thought about that. I mean, have you know the Irish have not had it as bad as some people, but they've had it a lot worse than a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and you know, is it the most productive like stereotype to put out there and character to put out there? I guess not. Does it bother me? Not really. 
But if somebody told me that it bothered them, I'd be like, that's okay. That's understandable. Does it help at all that the logo is fireballs with the little leprechaun? Quite a bit. It, Quite a bit, <laughs> it yeah. helps a lot. It's amazing. Quite a bit, yeah. The closest I can think of is in Brooklyn, there was a soccer team, a semi-professional soccer team called the Brooklyn Italians. And I thought that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. What about Yankees? What the, is the is Yankees a derogatory term? New York, no. Not really. It no. was used as a derogatory term traditionally, wasn't it? Not really. I suppose. It'd be like if you had a team called the Southerners, though, wouldn't it? No. No? Why would Southerners be Isn't derogatory? Yankee like a... It's not derogatory, but that would be the equivalent, I guess, right? Like, just a team called the Southerners, the people from the South. Is Yankees just people from the North? Is that all it responds? I don't know what no, else... No, because would... even in the Northeast, it becomes different, because it's got terminology for people further into New England. Yeah. Like the words have a lot of different meanings, hmm. depending where in the country, but it's not like a derogatory thing. Well, I feel like also, we've talked about this as sports fans, like, every sports team is either named after... Uh, an animal, or some sort of, like, uh, phenomenon, like heat, or magic, or jazz, or something, you know what I mean, like, some, like, amorphous thing. I never even thing. thought of that. Yeah, a lot of, it's always, every other team, though, is generally an animal team name, right? Which is where I think you get in all these crazy nicknames. People trying to not be the Wildcats, or the Wolves, or the, the, the Hound Dogs, so or something. trying to come up with something different. Yeah, 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 so. All right, let's move on. I'm gonna move on from that. Uh, so this is one that hits me very close to home, because I'm very particular about dates on my food. Like, if you have milk in oh, the Oh, you're food. insane. Oh, no. Yeah, I would have yeah, yeah. the same. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, if there's milk like the, the day after, gone. No, I, I'm I, not... I won't feed you. Has anything yeah. expired? Yeah. Nothing. Uh, food, and, food and Drug Administration earlier this week uh, is telling the food industry that it's going to change how it uses ex- expiration dates. Uh, on Thursday, the agency issued a letter to food industry at large, throwing its support behind a growing trend to almost universally adopt a, quote, best if used by date label on products. Um... At the same time, it's also reminding the public that most food can still be perfectly safe to eat if it's past the mark date, even if they're not necessarily quite as tasty anymore. Uh, these moves are part of a larger effort by the FDA to drastically cut down on America's food waste problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good point because I do fall into the food date I'm, trap. I'm the bad one. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it was because I got like food poisoning a couple times when I was a kid mm-hmm. doing some dumb stuff and now I'm like gun shy to like about what I eat. Mm-hmm. Dairy also, like specifically with milk, I don't really love milk in the first place. Like I don't like a glass of milk. It's usually a utility item in the fridge. I just don't want a glass of milk that's past the day it's going to be good by. Even if it's not bad, it's like, ah, it's not going to be as good as it could have been. I don't know. Call me a waster, I suppose. Oh, but. I hate it. I do. I go through Zach's mom's refrigerator and has his food. I'm like, his yogurt expired. He can't have this. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> he can't have that. Uh, so, Kev, tell us how wrong we are. Are we crazy? for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fired, it's gone. It's like, yeah, it's it's insanity, really. I mean, like when, there has to be when, a quiz for when us. you when you've become an adult mm-hmm. and you've been feeding yourself for a number of years, um, you've gained all the knowledge you need to know whether or not food is good or bad without any bizarre, arbitrary printed on date. Specifically, when it comes to the type of food, right? Yeah. Like if you've got some, like, like there's a. I know right now in the refrigerator, there's a vacuum sealed uh, stick of like pepperoni, mm-hmm. uncut pepperoni. That's good forever. Ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, right? I mean, for literally, <laughs> to, especially if unsealed. I mean, you've got years, yeah. literally years. That'll be fine. Um, I think common sense and smell tests on stuff, and I think part of it comes from, part of it comes from working in restaurants. Yeah. And knowing that, like, you know, seeing some of the stuff, not that, like, restaurants are serving out, like, mm-hmm. disgusting food and this and that, but, like, <clears throat> watching more food yeah. go through the cycle and being intimately familiar with stuff as it goes through and stuff that's still 
considered sellable by, and especially with like a lot of food, like food that you're cooking, if you're going to cook that up to, uh, you know, the safe temperature or whatever mm-hmm. like that, what's going to happen to you? You know what I mean? No, I Smell the milk. The milk smells good, pour it in the cereal. Zach and I get in fights all the time. I throw yeah, the yeah. meat out. He's like, you just threw that out. I'm like, it expired two days ago. He's yeah. like, it's still good. We cook it at 100 degrees. That's what I mean. That's and I'm like, yeah. But I can't, but it's like an OCD thing, and I know I'm it's bad. As too. I'm throwing nah. it away, I'm well, like, this is bad. Well, because my thing is just like, especially John Oliver's got a thing where he talked about it with the food, you know, the food wasting the dates. The dates are completely arbitrary. Yeah. Like, I think that people have this weird, you know, especially I think people start to question the more, but, like, we grew up in different generations with this weird trust in, like, some blind, ill-defined authority where it's like, well, right. they put the date on this food, so it must have been the scientists. Not the scientists. Yeah. The FDA says they have they to put some to sort of stuff. date on there. Yeah. So they ballpark it 100% and they mm-hmm. want you to buy more stuff. And that's all it is. It's a way to get you to throw in out trouble. more stuff, pollute that's the true. earth more, spend more of your money. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, some 30% of Americans' food ultimately goes to waste on store shelves or in people's homes, amounting to roughly $161 billion lost annually in terms of money we throw away, or food we throw away. I mean, I'm not surprised. That's not surprising. I've been hearing stuff like that for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do a very quick uh, notes from Dystopia, because I have three sort of stories about things that make me somewhat upset. Uh, well, let's start off with this one. And this might sound weird. Have you guys read about the Morehouse graduates and the gift that the guy offered where he paid oh, their yeah. whole tuition? That's great. It's a great story, right? Uh, on May 19th, private equity billionaire Robert Smith was the commencement speaker at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. During his speech, he announced he would pay the student loan debt belonging to the entire Morehouse College graduation uh, graduating class 2019. It was unprecedented, and it, as it is generous, 400 young men at an estimated value of up to $40 million. That's crazy. It's an amazing story. Robert Smith, great guy. Amazing thing to do for these people. Stand by for the butt. It's a shame that this is what, like, this is what it has to come to. That you need some sort of benevolent billionaire who wants to give away $40 million to help people because he thinks it's a good thing, right? Like, we shouldn't be in a situation where you're depending on the handouts of well-to-do former graduates to, like, help kids get through. It's just... Um, it's a great, amazing story, and it makes me very uncomfortable about how much it costs to go to college these days in the future of the education system and how we expect these kids to pay to get into that education system. I, I don't know. That's that's the, that's all I can think about when people are like, what a great story this is. I'm like, it shouldn't have to be this way. It just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, all right. The other one, of course, uh, we talked about Facebook a lot. I won't go into Facebook too much. We talk about it almost every week. Uh, but there was a story uh, earlier this week that came out that said uh, Facebook removed 3.39 billion fake accounts from October through God. March. Does that seem numbers seem so high? I didn't even know there were that many people. Not really. Billion? Yeah. I you could have got me at 3.39 million. Million of a billion. Billion? With 3. a billion. 39 million is almost nothing on Facebook. I'm dropping a bucket. Three million. Oh, man. Yeah. Hundred percent. Three point four billion fake. How many? How many accounts of people have I met on there aren't real? That's, I didn't that's know why I wonder now. Accounts. Numerous. Go to any. Um, if you go to any of the postings for the no hospital downtown people, oh, go look at that. Go yeah. look at how many fake accounts are on there. Yeah. Like you follow up, you look through, you're like, oh, this profile was made last year, and this is a stock photo, huh? Mm-hmm. And you don't <laughs> think the hospital should be here? That's interesting. I mean, and see, that's just the microcosm. It's true. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's so true. No, it's 100% true. It's true. Yeah, because I, there's no honor amongst people trying to get their money from the state. But, like, here's the thing if it's just happening on that small of a microcosm level here yeah. in Utica. Yeah. No, that's every, a good point. every city's point. doing yeah. every. No, I guess you're right. And that's a good but point. I would have never thought billion. It, 3.4 billion just seems like such a 
like a big number, right? Yeah. It just seems so... It's hard to comprehend billion to me when I think about that term. Yeah. So, uh, uh, The other one this week is from Snapchat, which is one we don't talk about very often. Oh. Uh, but earlier this week, uh, several departments inside social media giant Snap uh, were found to have dedicated tools for accessing user data. Multiple employees had abused their privilege to spy on Snapchat users. Uh, are you surprised? No. At Snapchat? no, but I just signed up for Snapchat for the first well, see, time. Everybody is accessing and watching all your time. data at mm. all times. Uh, I'm not surprised by that, mind you, either. It's just that I know from working around kids that this is the <laughs> only like social media platform that really matters. Like Kids do not care about Twitter. They don't really care about Facebook. This is the one. They're done with TikTok? Uh, TikTok is a bit more specific. Like, people have, like, their Snapchat streaks and their, sure. they're on there all the time. Like, I, I know people who use t- uh, TikTok, but too, not, like, um, not as consistent. Like, Snapchat is a, is a part of kids' lives now the way that, like, I read it. I reread it all the time. Like, it's just the thing they're doing all the time sure. casually. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't see TikTok as often. I'll say that. I've seen it here and there. Right? I see kids using it for stuff, but... Yeah, Snapchat one. I guess I don't understand Snapchat. Too. I didn't. I got on bit, and I didn't get it. There's too much stuff going on. It's like too much for my brain. All the filters and all the different things. Like, I don't know. I'm not good at Snapchat. And also, I don't like taking selfies in my face. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something about me looking into a camera and just being like, oh, it was good going down to the bar to have a drink. I'd feel like an idiot. <laughs> if I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I wouldn't. Who wants to see me I say that? Right there. Yeah. And I, I go, who, who cares? I yeah, you've been about. you've been doing a lot of uh, new lately. like selfie confessionals. Yeah, right. Lately. What's yeah. up with me? You're good I know, though. I keep you're my good on silence. I don't know what you're saying. But <laughs> you see, like, just your mouth opening. I, see, I was yeah. like, oh, let's scroll through how she's in the car. <laughs> like she's gassed up about something. Oh. Uh, I'm bored. Or I don't know what's going on. But Zach said the same need thing. Need a little excitement. Goes, what's up with you? I'm like, I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking to somebody. I think I need a friend. <laughs> no, that, well, I mean, that's what I do this for. Like, this is this is this thing. is my this is my Snapchat. That's my this thing. And I'm thinking, does anyone even give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Well, I wonder that all the time too. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. That was a good, nice uh, intro. Went a little longer than I thought. Let's go to this week's interview uh, with GFOP Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, he's been on the show multiple times now, but this week specifically, we're going to talk about his newest. Uh, his newest venture, old school I cool. Love it. I love it too. With it. I I think he's also obsessed with it because I keep asking him whether or not he's gotten past that point where he's buying stuff for the store or buying stuff for himself. Now I yeah. can't quite figure I think out. He's if, more excited to talk to everybody about it. He comes in here now like once a week. Oh, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk more. We'll get to this week's interview with Zach. We're going to talk a lot about uh, how we got the idea, uh, what how we got started. We're talk about streetwear. We're going to talk about mad props, all sorts of stuff. BFOP Zach Wilson back to you. Kind of roll with it. Yep. 
I, uh, I'm glad that you're wearing the surf style jacket. Oh, that, of course. Uh, I'll have to get a picture of you before we leave so we can put it up. That's why. Part. That's yeah. why I did it. <laughs> of course you did. I said, "Well, we're gonna talk about old school cool and feature bad props." I was like, "But I gotta wear something old school." Uh, so of course, Zach Wilson has returned. I don't remember the last time you were on. It's been a while. I, I, I have to look back at my notes, but um, yeah, it was it was wrong when I first moved back. Let's be honest, it's Memorial Day. It was hard to get anybody I know to come out on Memorial Day and do this. I probably should have hired somebody before. Well, especially with the lack of nice weather and then, you know. Oh, dude, it's been today so was beautiful. nice. Well, let's start there, of course. Before, we're going to talk about Old School Cool, your newest uh, your newest venture, venture yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, hobby obsession. But let's start Let's start with it. It's Memorial Day. It's a beautiful Monday evening. Uh, you were nice enough to come down. What was your Memorial Day like? How did you enjoy your Memorial Day so far? Well, the wife had to work at St. Elizabeth's, you know. The, the hospital never shuts down. Oh, God. That's what Heather was just saying. She had to work at the zoo. Thanks a lot, Mar- Thanks a lot Mark, for making Heather work. Yeah, he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough, though. Did you have to watch kids all day? Yeah, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had the little man today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just kind of cleaned up around the house, nice. played some b-ball outside. He's obsessed with basketball, two years old. Played some basketball today a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you play horse with him, 21? Ah, oh, yeah, right. On the Fisher Price, I'd dunk the- it all over <laughs> It's I'm not going to lie. He'll be dribbling. I'll go over and smack it and be like, yeah, what's up now? I uh, When I play with my nephew, I, you know, I'm you know i trying to like teach him as we're playing because he, he doesn't know how to th- – he just does that thing like kids do where they like, shot put the basketball yeah. as hard as they can. And I'm like trying to teach him how to like shoot a little bit, but I'm always tempted at least once to just be like, nah, <laughs> just block it. <laughs> you just have to. Like, like that uh, – what's it, Dikembe? Yeah, 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 not the, in my house. Yeah, give him the finger shake. He has no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. I'm like, it's fine. It's just for me. Don't Don't worry about it. Uh, so I was talking about this with the lads earlier because uh, I played a bunch of Memorial Day games today. I played bocce, I played cornhole, nice. I played uh, horse, just basketball horse, and then we played um, a little bit of not horseshoes, but we played with like washers. Everybody yeah, the washer washers games, yep. game. Yeah, 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 I have that game actually. Is there any? What's your go-to outdoor game of choice? We were debating this earlier since I got you here for it. It's either uh, probably cornhole or. Um... I really enjoy beach volleyball. If I'm going to be outdoors, ooh, ooh beach yeah. volleyball, that's a good one. We didn't I, talk about that. Yeah, I play up 12 North. You know, we got the oh, you're on the Handshake City. Yeah, made new to the team. Well, Wait, it's called vo- it's called volleyball. Now but, we do. Yeah, it's all, it's still Devin, Katie, myself. I got kicked off that team. Nicole, I was on the New York Sash team for a while. I was a <laughs> ringer, and then I got kicked off because I uh, I am not committed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the problem. That's one thing about that is you got to be committed. You know, um, what, as far as if you you know you might work. 10 hours a day, but it's a Wednesday night league, so... I've noticed with that league, at least particularly, even though I'm not good at volleyball or any sort of game like that, that game gets really competitive. Like, suddenly, I want to do well, and I don't want to, like, make an ass of myself. And yeah, even even though it's the recreational league, I find myself just wanting to win. But <laughs> over, the, over the years, I've come... I used to be really competitive where people were kind of, like, didn't want to play because... Uh, I would those types. Well, no, not even that. It's just if you're gonna pay to play in a league, I expect you to play. at least try. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. if you have the I don't care mentality, it's just a rec league. I'm like, oh, I even play, and then then they're like, oh, Zach, come on. You know what? You know what? So this is where <laughs> it's all I'm, fun. This is where I'm a jerk because my biggest problem with that was I hated having to do the score for other teams. I'm like, I don't want the be... refing. Yeah, it's not that I don't like it. It's a lot of responsibility. And people get mad if you're like not on it like a hundred thousand percent. They get really serious about it. They hate it. when I ref because <laughs> I played I played beach for years and I played oh, indoor man. volleyball in high school and stuff like that, which is funny. But the school I played for at Mount Markham, they're like regional yeah. champs, you know, yeah, section yeah, yeah. champs every year. And uh, when I ref, I'll call like really bad carries. And if you're gonna jump into the net, I'm gonna call it only for safety issues. Like if you're 
trying yeah. to spike the ball and you running into the net and you're tripping people from the other team on the other side because you're mm. six feet under the net. I'm just going to call it. And they're like, oh, it's just wreck. But... Did, we, did we talk about Mark, uh, going to Mount Markham last time you were on the show? Um, I don't. I think we mentioned it. Say, Probably well, just... Because, well, it's curious to me because a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about with, like, the streetwear stuff and the old school cool stuff is very 90s. And I'm curious yeah. if you're just wearing the same clothing then that you wear now. You're <laughs> just wearing the same shit over and over again. I always dress different, <laughs> if that makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, at the same time, the old school stuff is just, there's nothing better than the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Um, and maybe I'm just biased because I'm from that time period. Well, but. We can get into a little bit now. I think one of the things I found the most interesting about your decision to sort of start this company and, you know, to, to do this sort of venture is working in public high schools now. It is shocking how many brands from our era that were considered, like, nothing brands, yep. like Champion and, like, the Thrasher skating t-shirts, Fila. It's all, like, back around now. It's crazy, yeah. and it's expensive. Like, I went to go look at Champion store online now, and it's... They know that people want their stuff now. Oh, yeah. It's crazy expensive. Why do you think that? What do you What do you mark that down to? Is it just a, Is it just an algorithm? Does it just come back around? Is that it? I I really that's you know I think that's exactly it. If you look at it that way, when we were, the stuff we were wearing maybe in the nineties and, you know, our parents wore in the eighties. Yeah. Might have been considered like mm. the sixties hippie style came back around. You know what I mean? And then you have like a. Disco never dies as far as you right. know, people like dressing up in yeah, yeah, disco yeah, attire, yeah, a good body. disco party yeah, 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 or something yeah, like that, sure. you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I just think everything comes back around. You always have that group of kids that find stuff in their parents' closets yeah, yeah. or their aunts and uncles' closets that they're like, man, I would wear this now. And then next thing you know, like mom jeans. I'm trying to think. The kids are wearing mom jeans and high-waisted jeans. High-waisted jeans are, I'm surprised, actually, that they're still as popular. Because that was popping up in the mid-2000s when yep. I was down in Brooklyn. You were seeing, like, high-waisted jeans. Bam, bam, yeah. every person was wearing them. And it was just like, now, you're, I, I thought that would be a an in-and-out type thing, and people were still in on the high-waisted. I don't know. And even denim. I mean, people always wore jeans, but now you're seeing, like, denim jackets coming back around. A lot of people aren't wearing denim jackets. <laughs> Oop. Denim t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, denim t-shirts. You know, all yes. sorts of denim uh, button-downs and all that. But I just think uh, people like that old school. If they can be different, a little bit different, or they find something that stands out, I think you're always going to have certain groups, types of kids that gravitate towards that. I was going to ask you later on during our lightning round questions uh, what your most embarrassing phase that you went through. But since we're sort of talking about, was there any sort of fashion phase you remember growing up that you look back and now you're a little bit like, oh, no, it's no good? <laughs> Which one? Um, <laughs> um, I'd say probably sixth grade, seventh grade Jinkos was probably oh, a bad one. Dude. But I never got into... That's going to come back. I That's the one that if you want, if, if I had to put money down now on something that was going to come back around and be popular, yeah. I won't understand why, it'll be big, giant, baggy, Jinko, Pepe-style jeans. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you'll always still have, I think, the like um, hip-hop community. You still have some people wearing like baggy jeans because that's kind of old school for them. Right, 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 right for hip-hop culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you have, uh, even when you look at like straight-like jeans, like people didn't wear... People wore them in a long time ago. Regular fit, straight yes. fit just, jeans, just, 80s stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then now that's back too. For a while, when I was in the late 90s to early 2000s, I mean, it was baggy jeans. Everybody was wearing baggy jeans. I mean, there was that phase too with 2X white t-shirts. Oh, God, These oversized yes. t-shirts. Oh, my God. You want to take your phone call? You're getting blown up over here. Yeah, 
Who are you calling? Who's this? The wife. Are your wife calling? Hey, baby. That's fine. We can we'll just do some... The baby cup. Check um, on the floor. Oh, yeah. Um, See? Right by the couch. See? What happens when you have kids? It might have rolled under there. Questions yeah, right by the couch. Basketballs. It might have went under. It might be right over that way. <laughs> I'm just going to let it run. I'm just going to find it. I can hear a quarter on the Yeah, phone. he's telling me to go get it. <laughs> your son hijacking the interview. I love it. Oh, yeah, Porter? <laughs> Did you find it, Kate? <laughs> I don't even know if I... I was going to cut this out. I might just leave it on now. That's my new plan. I'm just going to leave this whole section on. Dad life. Dad life. <laughs> we were going to do Parent Corner later on, so that's fine. This is good. <laughs> Kate? What is that? You got hung up on? You got... <laughs> I think Porter hung up on me. <laughs> I get... Um, my niece and nephew won't even text with me if I have to send them a card. They're, they're like not into it at all. Uh, I'm going to run through a couple brands of clothing with you because sure. I've seen a couple different things that have popped up over the last few years, and I just want to we'll have a quick discussion about it. Let's start with Champion. I'm wearing the Champion hat now. Do you have any idea why Champion became popular again? Because I can't figure out why. I like Champion clothing, mind you, but was there like a moment? Was it a specific time when suddenly it popped in? I think uh, I've seen a lot more marketing on it. Is it a and then I'm sure there was probably a few rappers or someone that started coming out and also um athletes. Athletes. You know, yeah. they get a good sponsorship with a good player. I mean, you're you're seeing a resurgence of like Pumas and well Vans is an interesting one, I think. Vans yep. has always kind of been around, right? Like yep. I've been wearing Vans going back to like the skateboarder punk rock days. Exactly. You get some Etnies Vans. Now they are ubiquitous. Like Every kid, yeah. every person has them, and I and I I'm glad, but also kind of mad. <laughs> but that also comes down to like random marketing. Like you had that damn Daniel. It's true. With the white vans. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Next thing you know, you had a thousand seventh graders wearing white vans. Well, that's the interesting. Yeah, it's true, and that's a really good point too. I think that there's there's definitely a tie in between like street culture, like streetwear culture, yep. and these brands, and the social media aspect of it too. Like people like. Sharing what they got, new stuff. Well, you, you know how the algorithms work. You yeah. know, if you watch that damn Daniel video, next thing you know, you got 20 Vans. 20 Vans video, yeah. Vans uh, so ads hitting too. on Facebook and Google, YouTube, wherever. I did one yesterday where I was talking about something. Like, I was talking about old, like, um, you remember, like, they used to make games in the books, like, you like a Dungeons & Dragons yeah. style, like, book with the rolling dice stuff. Yeah. I was talking about that with someone, and then I went on Twitter, and almost immediately there was someone talking about it. I was like, I think my phone heard me. And I'm not totally... Well, I think they confirm now that they do, they hear, especially on your Apple, like with your series, that type of stuff is always listening. It's so unsettling. We were just talking about today about how like Snapchat came out this week saying that all their like um, people who work for the company have been accessing private data for a really long time. It's just like, I'm not surprised, but it's still unsettling. Yeah, well, they uh, they came out to Snapchat that they were... At least as far... I, I read an article about this. I can't remember where I read it, so don't quote me exactly on it. <laughs> yeah. But they were keeping to fight child pornography. Yeah. They were actually... Yeah. They had teams going through photos that were being sent back and forth. These, these people thought were disappearing. There was like a database somewhere huh. with all these photos in there. Like nothing ever actually disappears. Internet is really dystopian and horrifying when we... The more we start to think about it. Like we've been starting to do a, a segment on this show for the last couple weeks called Notes from Dystopia. Mm-hmm. And it's just every week there's always some story about Facebook or Snapchat yep. or Twitter or Instagram. And like all them taking your... Well, in five years ago they would have been and... considered conspiracy theories. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of them have turned out to be true. Like the phones... Um, I forget it was iPhone 5 or something like that where... It, 
people noticed when the new phone came out, their yeah. phone got really crappy. Yeah. And yeah. they were actually self-destructing they had pretty to admit much it. these. Yeah. yeah. And that was a conspiracy theory for the longest time. And Here's my crazy conspiracy theory. I think we haven't totally figured out, as I'm doing some bad radio, I hold this phone up to my head. Yeah. I can't figure out exactly like what this is doing to us. Like just having this cell phone, just that near frequency your, coming, the frequency yep. near your chest or your head or your body, keep it in your pocket, keep it. Is it got to be doing something to us, well, right? There's, there's been a few lawsuits. I think someone, someone confirmed someone got a brain tumor or something yeah. from like I don't know if it was a Bluetooth device or you know the big ones that when they first came out yeah. that people were wearing in their cars all the time or all of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That affected oh, yeah. somebody. It kind of. Well, just think about this. Like we're sitting in the living room. Next to us in the dining room, in the in the I'm sorry, in the the, the sitting room basically, yep. the Wi-Fi for the house is on a, a little cube next to us. I can get Wi-Fi in the back of my room, which is on the other side of us. So right now, theoretically, the Wi-Fi waves are going oh, right yeah. through us and yep. through this podcast, and it's not doing anything to us. Nothing. Like I, I just... as far as I know, they've actually done studies on that type of sure, stuff. I guess but that's a big deal with five G right now. Yeah, is you have some countries like in Europe that they're not allowing five um, G to come in because it requires a ridiculous amount of transmitters yeah. every so many hundreds of feet on yeah. poles. All through your neighborhood. That's my conspiracy thing. I think that in the future, we're going to start seeing more stuff like, what is all of this like technology actually doing to us? All the frequencies, yeah. all the all the sourcing, yeah. all the satellite stuff flying around. Yep. I don't know. I, it's wild. It's, <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. We got way off of clothes. Let's go. Yeah, so, conspiracy. <laughs> I just took my tinfoil hat off. I'm back. <laughs> So, so back to what I was saying. So let's do a, sort of a trend up and down. So champion, you think up and down? You think is this the highest champion? Will champion still be good? Or are they going to drop back down from now? Um, I think I think you'll always have your highs and lows, but yeah. I think right now they're hot, especially like you know even the retro stuff. You find an old champion crew neck yeah. in a Salvation Army. It's true. You're yeah. probably going to buy it. Shout out to the Salvation Army folks who held that for us. Oh, for like yeah. a week afterwards oh, yeah. when we thought we lost it. Uh, Vans, I, I think also we can say up because they just seem to be sort of everywhere. Yeah, and you, you know with skate culture and all that too, yeah. and you see a lot of more kids skateboarding. Um, I think that's that's just always going to be up. What about Nike? Just Nike in general. Nike is getting in that niche of like limited releases, and if you yeah. notice right now, they're releasing a lot of retro designs, like um, old mm-hmm. the old Air Max designs and stuff. They've re-released, yeah. and same thing with uh, some of the Jordans are still Nike brands, like Nike. Um, I think the Jordan One. See, I think I feel like I said this to my kids last week, and a couple of them like shook their head at me. But I was like, I thought Jordans, and again, people are going to be mad at me for this. I thought they were kind of busted now. I thought like wearing Jordans was no longer like a thing that like people were gassed about. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I could be wrong, but I think you have more brands now, like with the Yeezys and stuff like yeah. that, that kids are wearing. But Jordans are always going to be yeah, there. It's just style, yeah. you know, and it's always the retros. Like you don't mm-hmm. hear about oh the new Jordan. I mean, they had like the OVO Drake Jordan yeah, and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. but. And you have the Travis Scott, Jordan, and you have... Um, God, Travis Scott's pretty, crazy to me that Travis Scott's like as big of a star as he is. Yeah, like, he's, he's pretty independent wild. too. But Jordan's, that's a that's a timeless thing. And the retros sell big. They'll do limited releases every year on redesigns maybe or new colors. And that's why they turn around. They'll sell them for retail in the store for 150 bucks, And then they're on the internet the next day for 500 You know what I mean? It's Let's talk about one last brand that I'm very curious what your opinion is on. Let's talk about Supreme for a second. I feel like living in New York for a period of time, Supreme was the hottest brand that you could get. Like, people were lining yep. up around the corners. Now I feel like Supreme's pretty out there. Like, if you want a Supreme thing, you can go get it. Um, and now I also see a lot of companies that just copy 
the Supreme Aesthetic. Like, there's specifically a company called Sprayground, yep. which is just, like, knockoff Supreme stuff for yeah. cheaper that a lot of our kids wear. Do you think Supreme's still, like, a thing, or is that going to fade <sighs> off, too? I, I think uh, I think there's someone that'll stay around, but the th- the crazy part with Supreme is there's a lot of fakes out there. A lot of fakes. Like, you might catch a, a Supreme five-panel hat that's completely fake. Someone just sewed a patch on it. Yep. It's on eBay or whatever. And, um... So you have that issue, so it kind of oversaturated the market. Yeah. Like some that's, of their hoodies are like two hundred dollars, but you'll see a ton of them around, say Utica and young kids. And I, I can't imagine the amount of people have that have them yeah. that they're dropping two hundred dollars on a hoodie. Well, I thought about that with uh, it's not the same kind of thing with those Canada Goose jackets that are really popular yeah. around here. There was a whole argument on last year about how many people were making bootleg versions of yeah. those because they sell for so much money that you can get away with. Buying and that's why those markets. Yeah. You know, that's why they, they emerge, the fake stuff and the bootleg stuff, is because some people want to wear the high fashion and they can't afford a Louis bag. So you have these older women that, they know, they got fake Louis and they got fake purses and coach and all that stuff. So The last one I want to talk about before we get into old school cool is I've noticed a re a return to, like, comfort, fa- comfort fashion. Like, a lot of my students specifically, and I noticed that at the college campus when I'm doing my grad. People just have given up on wearing real clothes and just wear sweatpants now. I feel like it's gotten way worse. Hey, they're not sweatpants, though. They're joggers, bro. Jo- so you got joggers. You can get, like, tights. Like the Louis yeah, the leggings. Style, yep, the leggings. Yep. Thing, but I, I've seen, I feel like I don't see a lot of people just wearing, like, jeans. You even and, have jeggings. Yeah, jeggings. The fake, the fake jean leggings. <laughs> yes. I always think that when I see a wrestler on TV who's wearing jeans, like, that guy's not wearing real jeans. No. There's no way he'd be able to get his leg up that high. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, what's funny is I just was talking about this the other day with Justin and Katie. Is I said, to me, leggings and joggers are the new pajama pant. Yes. When they first came out, everybody yes. thought it was acceptable to wear them to the grocery store. Now there's like the stigma of like, you can't really, I mean, you shouldn't wear your pajamas to the grocery store. Kevin's like the hardest, the hardest line guy I know on that. Like He will not go to Fast I mean, Track in his shorts. Do you I, know what I mean? Like, I don't care if I got to run there... Six o'clock in the morning for an emergency milk yeah. for the baby or something. It's like, I just can't drive myself to do it. Yeah, I generally, nope. I generally do not care. I do not care if I'm going out to get something like coffee or a orange yeah. blue bag. I can explain to people that I'm only going out to get a blue bag. I'm I not think, really. I think you have a lot of schools banning like people wearing leggings and stuff because I mean yes. yoga pants and leggings and stuff. I mean they're they can be quite revealing on revealing, women, yeah. girls, and then. Uh, you know, kids with the joggers, we got a lot of kids that wear them at my work, and they actually just instituted a, you know, tour. You can't wear them because they're like, no, they're not sweatpants or joggers. Well, no, they're sweatpants. Yeah, sweatpants. And now they have jogger like khaki pants, but they're still like stretchy, mm-hmm. stretchy yeah. band. I was like, those are the sweatpants we didn't want to wear when we were a kid. It was the one that had the elastic type band to your ankle. It's funny, I like that now. Yeah, now that's what every, on it yeah, all yeah. The, everybody likes them, and that's what a jogger is. Yeah. Is it's just those sweatpants? They just made them a little cooler. They put some designs on the front, and there you go. Wear them to work, I guess. So <laughs> as we've gone on here about uh, sweatpants and champion and van, seems like a good time to talk about old school cool. Uh, and the website is not Old School Cool. It's Old School Fools. Is that yeah, the website? Yeah, OldSchoolFools.com because old I think Old School Cool is run by some Old School Fools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so OldSchoolFools.com is the website. You guys are on Instagram? We're on Facebook right now. Um, I'm tra- I have an Instagram account, but I haven't uh, put any of the gear up yet. Oh, okay. My whole uh, ethos with it was because the store is in Handshake City yeah. at the Container Park, I was going to preview everything on the social media and on the website. And probably wintertime, I'll transition the website to be able to yeah. you know, purchase stuff from there. But um, I want to drive people to the park. 
So I'll preview stuff right. on the on sure. social media, and then if you want to buy or come mm-hmm. try it on, see it in person, I'm at the park on the weekends. Was there a particular moment when you decided that you wanted to take this project seriously, like it became an actual venture, and not just like I like old fashioned and I like to collect stuff? Like, was there a shift at, that happened anytime? Yeah. Well, Justin had mentioned he, you know, since the beginning of the park that they wanted some places that were like staples there, you know, more right. of a regular business exactly. instead of rotating every mm-hmm. weekend. So I had kind of a hobby obsession of getting old stuff anyway, yeah. like windbreakers and things like that. But then once we talked about the store, it went to a whole other level. Like I probably, yeah. it's like Christmas at my house every oh. every day of the week <laughs> from stuff coming in from eBay or... Has your wife gotten frustrated with it yet? She was at first, but... The first, <laughs> Immediately she was okay. But the first two days, um, I mean, she knows I'm not paying outrageous amounts of money yeah. for this stuff. Like, I look for deals. That's the whole fun of this, well, is, yeah. the, is the hunt. It's a little bit like uh, like that those TV shows, like HGTV, like the flip shows. Like, you buy yeah, a house. Pickers. And, yeah, Pickers. Yeah, it's a I'm little like bit the, like that. I'm like the only guy picking <coughs> 80s, 90s retro. No, probably not, but that's what sometimes I tell people. I was like, I, I'm obsessed with shows like American Pickers, and... Not necessarily Pawn Stars, but like where you're actually digging and you're looking for the stuff and you're spending hours a week invested yeah. in finding the stuff. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to a point initially. Initially, we were going to like thrift stores, yep. twice a weekend, right? Yeah. And uh, we've slowed down a little bit now with that, but uh, it's not that hard necessarily. You'd be it's you know, and people will laugh about it, but that's a surprisingly good place to find stuff that people just don't want to keep and just throw away for no reason. Yeah, I think it's uh, very undervalued. Um, Salvation Armies, the thrift shops over there in uh, New Hartford Shopping Center. Oh, yeah, all that. Nice, like, nice folks over there. And they got yeah. gr- great stuff. I mean, I found stuff for my son, you know, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, for two bucks, mm. three bucks. I mean, how can you beat that? If I went to the store at a kid's store right now, the children's place of, a, you know, their brand, yeah, so they got shirts for his size that are ten bucks, fifteen, twenty dollars, and thrift store culture used to be kind of like a thing too. Like in 2007, 2008, before I was leaving, like we were going to the thrift store a lot, and we would get looks from people like, "What are these like well-to-do kids doing yeah. in here?" It's like I like cheap flannels and weird T-shirts, right? Like exactly, it's like, it became sort of a thing. You'd go in there and you'd see just like old folks and homeless people, and then hipsters, and they all kind of look the same. Yeah. <laughs> they all, everyone's all dressed exactly the same. Uh, I mean, uh, when you buy a duster. <laughs> There's only so many people. There's only so many people, but you're guaranteed to find at least 20 of them there because everybody finds them in their closet and they're like, oh, i got to get rid of this thing. So you've been expanding out to have noticed you got the Rubik's Cubes and stuff in there, sort of the 90s style candy, like the playing cards. you got all sorts of stuff. Drinks, Jolt Colas, the Surge and all that. You were walking around drinking the Surge, which I yeah. can't believe uh, you were just going so in on. Uh, what uh, what would you like to see going forward in terms of like that space? Do you just want to add more stuff? Do you want to like... I'm going to add some more... Um, signage to kind of make it pop when you come into the park i got some more banners coming in and um really i just want you to go in i always have music playing um 80s 90s hits you know and uh, i just want you to go in whether you're 50 or you're 15 and be like wow this is cool stuff or if you're a younger kid like man what is this and i'm like oh this windbreaker is 20 years old you know, yeah. it's older than some of the kids coming into the shop looking, yeah. but they look at it and they're like, that is awesome. I was saying to them, um, before we, you came in, um, there was a kid last week there who was trying to get the Fresh Prince, uh, the Bel Air Academy jersey, and you said, well, you watched him go through the process of trying to explain to his mom yeah. why it was dope and why he needed to get it, and it's probably the highlight of my entire, like, three weeks we've been over there. Yeah, he's like, mom, I need this, <laughs> I need this money, I need this money for this. 
how much money she tells him, and, and it's super affordable. But well, there no, he's, he's trying to tell his mom, you know, like that's that's Fresh Prince, and she's probably thinking to herself, "You weren't even old enough to watch yeah, that show when name. it was live," <laughs> you know, like. Um, but that's the fun of it is just having people come in, and it's either something they've never seen before. I have a lot of people be like, "Wow, I wore this," or they're they have their kids in there, and they're like. Talking about the candies or the sticky hands or how many weeks before the barks and brews? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. June eighth. We gotta see if we can find some like dog stuff from the nineties. Like that's. I've been looking for um, like uh, bandanas and stuff. Or like uh, yeah, some good uh, just with the retro prints. Yeah, the retro like, print bandanas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I have been just on the animal section is finding old like <laughs> Looney Tunes. If you remember, they had the whole line like. Taz was on everything. Harley Davidson shirts. Can we discuss what's up with Looney Tunes and why, like, suddenly, like, Looney Tunes and Nicktoons are suddenly popular? Kids love this stuff. Like, that's the other one that's, like, of all, like, I understand why Champion and Vans and, like, brand names are popular, but the fact that, like, six of my kids will come in a day wearing a Rugrats t-shirt or something, it's super weird that, like, that came back around, like, the Space Jam stuff. It's all of them, and I think, too, uh, I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon, they're, like, Nick at Night. Mm -hmm. When we were a kid, was, like, I like dream Lucy of Genie and, and I love yeah. Lucy, and now hey, it's wait. Are You Afraid of the Dark? I like Snick stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, old Hey Dude and Salute Your Shorts. Yep. Hey Dude, Salute Your Shorts is a really good show. I like Salute Your Shorts. Hey Dude is not a good show. And I like the theme song, it's the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you go back and watch, like, it's not a good show at all. It's not funny. What's it's... funny is there were some bigger, like, them Pete kids Pete. that were in there, they ended up being. Yeah, in some movies and yeah, some yeah. shows and all that, which is wild enough. But you had uh, Wild and Crazy Kids, like all the great shows, and I'll I'll go on uh, you know, some of them apps on the Fire Stick, yeah, yeah. and I'll watch some of them old shows. I have all the Salute Your Shorts on DVD. Well, let's let's do your Parent Corner real quick since uh, sure. you got a kid. You know, quarters two and a half now. Two, two, yep, November, about two and a half. Two and a half. Yep. Uh, entering the uh, exiting the terrible twos into the terrible threes. How long are you? Do you think at what age can you start introducing him to stuff? from our generation like are you going to show him like nickelodeon and stuff at like what nine ten a couple years away probably well, still well what's funny is since he was a baby i always played like reading rainbow reading rainbow. i went back and yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of starting him on sesame street of the newer episodes or kind of yeah. kind of they get a little oh, weird now yeah. um i elbow. started him i started him on like the first two seasons like mm-hmm. seven talking 70s yeah but i just started watching the old stuff because there was just a different way of family culture and everything back yeah. then that I think is a little lacking now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I look at... I mean, Sesame Street was a foundational show for me. Like, I again, my parents were divorced. I would wake up in the morning, my mom would, like, get ready for work, and then yeah. I'd be sitting in her room for, like, an hour while she's getting ready watching TV. And it was, like, Bobby's World and Power Rangers and usually uh, Sesame Street. Yep. And Sesame Street, like, you go... Again, sometimes I'll go back and you look at these old things like, wow, Sesame Street was actually really well put together like a really good show yeah. and like talked about real things and about like diversity and like yeah. urban culture and like a lot of cool stuff for a show on PBS and exactly like, they were breaking grounds yeah. back then like cause uh you know you're coming out of segregation in the 60s and yeah. I think uh, I can't remember the exact date the Sesame Street started I, I want to say it was the late 60s or early 70s yeah. and you had the Muhammad Ali's on there and you had people yeah. from all cultures all races on yeah. there and it was just never it was like the perfect common ground with any family any tv that that was on and, in a household and especially then in the, in that culture they never promoted that as something that needed to promote like yeah. people were black and white and spanish because people are black and white and spanish it yeah. wasn't like oh here's our 
here's our black friend, Mr. Blah Blah, and yeah, our Spanish exactly. friend, yeah. right? Like, it, it was just presented naturally as, like, a regular urban landscape, and that, like, goes a long way to, like, normalizing what people think a city looks like and the people who live in a city. Yep. And also, I remember that when Mr. Hooper died, they didn't pretend that it didn't happen. They were like, yeah, he... People die sometimes. Yep. It's sad, but, you know, we remember them. And a lot like, of life lessons yeah. on that show. Uh, good stuff, man. Let's, uh, real quick, before we get into lightning round questions, uh, any mad prop stuff going on? Been doing mad Always. props? Always. We're, uh, we, we're booking up, man. A lot of weddings. Um, it's that season. Tis the season. You know, I'm getting booked for holiday parties for next year, for this coming yeah. Christmas already. So it's, uh, it's always busy, um. I have so much fun doing it. I got you, I got you to actually help me out on a couple I like events. It. And you it's, need help. I like doing it. It's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. You know, people enjoy it and they get happy having pictures and if little people, memories. Uh, people want to book you. Is that madprops.com? Madprops? Yep, yep. Mad. Um, it's uh, gotmadprops. Gotmadprops.com. Very um, good. And then uh, you can contact us on Facebook. It's at gotmadprops on there. And we're on Instagram as well. And, and again, we have openings and contact us. Be happy to help out. And again, uh, Facebook, old school cool with a K. Yeah, old school. S, the K is in school, so old school cool. Oh, That's right. I have to like I have to do all the spelling on this. Old school cool with the C on cool. Yeah, C K on cool, K on oh, school. Oh my god, I yeah. hate you guys so much. Hey, we, did, we actually did that because uh, there was no the There's names were taken. Yeah, all the websites. I didn't want to have sure. a dot. Yeah, biz. You could have been uh, <laughs> OSC. OSC. There was no old school cools at all that were available for. Um, the websites oh, for yeah. the Facebook, sure any of that stuff. It's so. too it's too general of a term in that way. Like Old school never, fools, on the other hand, that's true. Available on all you platforms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple quick lightning round questions before we uh, head out here. Um, Zach Wilson, the man behind Old School Cool and Mad Props, Renaissance Man, made you Utica member. Uh, what's the worst job you ever had? Ah man, probably uh, McDonald's. Ooh, it's a tough game. When I was 16. You're burning yourself on that fryer? <laughs> no, I never did that. I just, uh, it's just one of those jobs where when you're 16 and they put you in the kitchen and you're yeah, yeah. sweating, it's the middle of summer and your friends are out there, you know, yeah, we- you. wheezing off the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a uh, life, my mom's like, hey, uh, you're 15, you can get working papers now. Yeah, paper route. I, was yeah. like, I, said, uh, I did paper route, but I actually enjoyed that. I didn't mind doing the paper route. That was route. all right. I didn't like waking up early at that time. Yeah. Nowadays, it would be less of a problem for me because I'm older, right? But now no one no, no one gets the paper. I also uh, volunteered. I worked at a turkey farm. Ooh, a turkey Hillman's farm. over there really? off of Route 8. I did a season with them. Well, it was just two weeks before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh, that seems... Pretty gnarly. Pretty gnarly. <laughs> uh, who would play you in the movie of your life? Who would play you in the movie of your life? I could see Christian Slater. Young Christian Slater. Yeah, young going Christian Slater. <laughs> I'd even say, uh, I wouldn't say that looks like me, but I'd say uh, maybe, it's got to be one of the crazier guys. Johnny Depp, like the method actors. You know what I mean? They <laughs> go, crazy person. They go deep, like uh, a Brad Pitt to where they come and hang out with me for like six months before they do this role, and next thing you know, it's, can't tell the difference. What's the worst case scenario? Affleck? Ben Affleck playing you? <laughs> I say worst case scenario is like um, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. <laughs> or like, uh, Too early. who's the guy that played Corky Romano? Oh, God. Chris Kattan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I can see that. Uh, what's a movie that you always stop and watch when you see that it's on somewhere? Scarface. Scarface is a Godfather. good one. You know what's funny? Scarface is an interesting one. Growing up in... Saving Private Ryan. Ooh, that's a good one. But I, we grew up in that culture where, like, Scarface was the poster that everyone had in yep. their college dorm room. 
And it kind of was like for a while I like roll my eyes at that movie. I'm like, oh, fucking Scarface. Like, yeah. all right. Now when I watch Scarface, I'm like, you know, this is actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's, it is pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's a badass good. movie. I can't help but laugh at Pacino and his buddy doing the accents the whole time. Like, I know it's just so Well, good. that's what's funny about it now is like some of those movies I watch, I'm like, man, this would never fly no. today because there would be up in no. arms and a real Cuban didn't play yeah, Tony Montana. Yeah, like, you had Even an Italian guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's doing like kind of a stereo, like a comical accent. Like, yeah. I'll get a girl like this, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, give me something that you're a big fan of that people would not necessarily know you're a big fan of or guess that you're a big fan of. I'd say uh, my music choices. Um, I'm, I'm a big R&B fan. That's true. Um, I like funk. I mean, that's pretty known, but yeah. R&B, you know, I just I like, like or even old-time crooners like uh, oh, yeah, Dean like Martin and Frank Sinatra and all that. That's them. a regional thing. I grew up like Italian family. Like yeah. you'd, you'd hear a lot of that stuff just around. Do you know what I mean? But I just, I like that old Al Green Motown Green. Put that on in the car. That's another thing I play for my I, son. Is if I've had a few drinks, I'll do "Let's Stay Together" at the karaoke bar yeah, once in a while. That's a, that's good, a one. good one. That's a real good. And one. give me one book, album, movie, or show you and your wife are currently watching, listening to, reading something along those lines. Man, I've been watching Doom Patrol. Is that new? It's a like a Marvel or a DC comic. Did you do you show? did Game of Thrones? Right, you guys are done now. Yeah. You don't have a replacement for Game of Thrones yet. Sunday night uh, show, man. No. Did you do Barry? I finished Barry. It was pretty good. You know, it's. I'm one of them people that if I didn't start at the beginning, there's only two seasons. They're pretty short. Yeah, well, episodes. I haven't gone back to watch yeah. those, and I won't watch any of the new episodes. So they'll throw me off. I'll say this about that show: uh, I've heard mixed opinions from other people. I really liked it. What's nice about that show is they're like 25 to 35 minute episodes, so you can sort of like ping, ping, yeah, ping, ping, knock, ping, them knock them all out. And they end in a way where you want to sort of watch the next one. But so. we'll shout out my wife right now. She's been obsessed with watching foreign shows. Hmm. Like, she will watch a straight show in Arabic, oh, Spanish, yeah, yeah, yeah. with subtitles. And I like, I'm all about watching foreign films, but full on TV show seasons where you haven't, she gets invested and she loves them. Narcos, I come into the bedroom, she'll be like, give me 10 more minutes. Narcos <laughs> was like 50 to 60% done in like Spanish and subtitles, yeah. it felt like, especially the first two seasons. And I think I really liked it, but it's also a big investment because you can't. Like turn away and you be yeah. on the phone for a second because you're like, oh wait, what did I miss? Because I well, yeah, even I, that has like some actors and stuff that you would recognize from other movies. Well, now you would. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know Pedro Pascal until afterwards. I, didn't, I was like, oh, this. But then guy. you got like the ones my wife's watching. It's just maybe people that are famous in Spain yeah. or oh right, right, right. You know, there's some like Spanish reality shows on there that are hilarious. Just she's like she's she's been watching them, but I give her credit. She uh she likes them. I was I walk in she, when she told me ten more minutes. I was like, wow. You're invested in this. Uh, I'm invested in having you here. Zach Wilson. Oh, my man. Our old school cool mad props. Thank you for coming by, brother. We appreciate you. And we'll see you in two weeks at uh, Barks and Brews. Yep. For Handshake uh, City. Come check out the store. Uh, old school cool. Uh, S-K-O-O-L-C-O-O-L dot com. Go to Facebook. I'll send all the links and stuff afterwards. Uh, that's it. I appreciate you coming by. I'm Memorial Day. It's oldschoolfools.com. By the way. No, I'm I'll, I'll put the right links in. I promise. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, folks, uh, before we get back to the show, uh, GFOP uh, and marketing coordinator from the Utica Zoo, uh, Mark Simon, 
stop by the house to watch wrestling ostensibly, but also to quickly talk to us about this weekend's Wine in the Wilderness event. So uh, before we get back to our regularly scheduled show, a little Memorial Day treat for you. GFOP Mark Simon is back for about 15 minutes, so let's hang with him for just a minute. Good. Yeah, we, interviews so nice. We did them twice. He happened little, to be here. Little he is a little twofer action yeah, yeah. on Memorial Day. Yes. The man, the myth, the legend, Mark Simon. Uh, although I don't have your job title written down in front of me, I usually have it written down. That's all right. You to Gazoo. What's yeah. your job title again? I'm the marketing coordinator. Marketing. Co- I knew that. Coordinator yes. of marketing. I coordinate all the marketing. <laughs> he coordinates all the marketing. <laughs> all the marketing. Uh, the all legend. the communications. The legend of Maine Utica, the Dirty Jersey Man himself, Mark I try, Simon. I try. Happy Memorial Day, buddy. Happy Memorial Day to you. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I uh, I work today at the zoo because uh, we're open 363 days yeah, a year. So I know. Heather there. told us when she was on here, I can't yep. believe you made her work. She said it was all your decision. She said you were the one who made yeah, it. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I will, I will, I will say that that is mildly true. What I told her to do was, we're probably working, but if you want to ask, you're more than welcome to. So... <laughs> I'm guessing she didn't ask because she would have been told no by somebody else. You probably, so. probably packed today, actually. Oh yeah, uh, today was a, uh, was a was a fantastic day. It yeah. was uh, actually our best Memorial Day we've had in about four and a half or uh, four years. Yeah, four years. Uh, I'm gonna spring this on you just because I'm curious about yeah. it. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had somebody on here uh, talking about like zoo expansion stuff, and I never uh-huh. really asked you guys like I haven't asked you really like how expansion is coming. But I was mm-hmm. driving by a couple weeks ago, and it looked like there was some pretty major stuff getting built out there. I don't yeah, know. so um, that construction project you see is actually not a zoo project. I was going to ask you about that. Yes. It's not a zoo project. No, that okay. is that is a New York Power Authority visitor center that uh, that is expected to open in I believe 2021 mm. or late 2020. Okay, um, it'll be, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll, there'll be it'll be an educational space. There'll be exhibits about huh. like the power grid and power and like, how power is created and things and, and how it's delivered out out yeah. to you know all the all the the, the type of folks out here so it, it'll be cool it'll be that's cool. good that's good uh how's uh how's working with heather been she treating you okay it's been there? great like heather is, is is so she she's so smart and she's so talented yeah. that she she puts so much effort and attention to detail of what she does is that she she's always checking what she's doing but then she's rechecking what she's doing yeah so i always tell her like if you feel it looks good Go with it because nine times out of ten, it's perfectly fine the way it is. But I know yeah. that she was she'd been out of like the working sphere yeah. for a long. I know that yep. she was very concerned about like getting back on like the train and sort of like yeah. jumping on again. Yep. But I, I'm knowing her the way I know her. She's so professional all the time. I'm not. I wasn't yes. at all. Not not only is she incredibly professional, very good at what she does, but she's also very caring. Like she'll just come in one day, be like here. Here's here's a cutie for you, just because I, I think you need some vitamin C. Yeah. And you know what? I I I am feeling good. I, I don't have scurvy, so so I'm doing I'm doing okay. We don't call our Utica's mom for nothing. No. Um, yeah. So, uh, how's things otherwise? Zoo's been treating you good. You're yeah, enjoying zoo- settling in. Things are going good. Yes, I'm I'm coming up on on my one year anniversary. Yeah, you're getting uh, full year. Yes. So, um, you know, right now things are in full swing, uh, because uh, wine the wilderness coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, This this weekend, June first. Um. It is our uh, 20th year of Wine the Wilderness, actually, which, which is... Oh, our, really? Yes. So uh, uh, it, was, it was started 20 years ago and has is, is actually grown to be our, our second uh, most successful su- uh, fundraiser that we have on a yearly basis. What's um, number one? Brewfest. Brewfest is... That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, Wine of the Wilderness is an interesting, like, it's such a nice concept, mm-hmm. right? Like, I love the idea of it. And yeah. now, especially now with the weather getting, like, I feel like that's the big part of it, Fine. too. People want a reason to get out there in that yeah. weather and... Yeah. 
and be around that. Like, the zoo's nice to be around for all the events. You guys do a really nice job of laying yeah. everything out and making things really cool and interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really, really open to the feedback that we yeah. get every year. You know, obviously mm-hmm. with any sort of feedback, you're going to get some usable feedback and you get a whole bunch of not usable feedback. Mm-hmm. But all the usable feedback that we've gotten over the last 20 years, we've really put into practice and, and we really... Feel we, we've we've got it down to to a science at this point, and and we're always looking to kind of grow and expand, just like everything else at the zoo. We're always looking to grow and expand and make the experience more enjoyable for the visitor. Yeah. Uh, because without our visitors, you know. How often? How quickly do you have to start reaching out to like like vineyards and stuff to find to pulling people in? Is it a year long process? Um, we we usually start the process of getting wineries on like on board in yeah. like January. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I start I start <laughs> I, yeah I start the initial like marketing process. Uh, well, well, I can't start. Or I can't say I start, but I started. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, my first year here, um, I started really the the you know open marketing process in like early February, mm-hmm. like like right after the Super Bowl. Actually, I remember putting out yeah. a Wonder Woman to you know save the date. So I mean, it, it's 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 a long term project. Well, it's interesting too when you have like various events spaced out. Mm-hmm. Like this. You got Brewfest and Wine Wilderness, yes. and then Spectacular, yes. and then there's another one that I'm the, the snow we, winter one. We have uh, it's a uh, um, Breakfast with Santa. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You yeah. Know, so um, and also uh, we're doing a uh, New Year's Eve. It's on New December thirty first. So it's a great it's a great family event. That's pretty smart. Yeah, um, it's a great uh, family event so that you know you can experience the you know the new year's uh midnight kind of festivity so you know we have sparkling sparkling cider and we do like a ball drop which you know it's usually nice. a paper mache ball that we toss into the camel exhibit with all sorts of trees and stuff in and they you know they go to town on it so <laughs> i remember uh, th- uh this past year we had uh, we were expecting maybe 100 people because you know it's cold it's winter yeah like 800 people showed up and i remember standing on top of a folding chair yelling out to all these people like kind of the announcement about no. yeah. doing the countdown, the you know the ten nine eight countdown, and it was just like I was looking at all these people, and like wow, I did a great job marketing this event. Um, but it was it was it was really it was really awesome to see the community come out and really embrace everything that that we yeah. that we do and put together because because like I said, I mean without the people coming, you know we would always be there to take care of the animals, but you know it, it helps us tell our story, spread our message, and also you know obviously uh, work on all of our conservation efforts that we, that we work on mm-hmm. because that's really at the end of the day what, what zoos are for. Yeah. Uh, just so people can get uh, involved, June 1st, Wine in the Wilderness, uh, utikazoo.org. Yes, yeah. utikazoo.org slash wine. Uh, you get all the, all the information. There's also a lot of links right there uh, to go to Eventbrite, buy tickets. Also, if you go onto our uh, Facebook event page, um, you can buy tickets right there. It's real simple, real easy. Um, and it's actually a, a great feature because it kind of cuts down yeah. on the process of going all over the place. And, you know, you can kind of see what, everything going on right Very there. Nice. So, um, also, uh, most of the local liquor stores um, uh, will have tickets available. Oh. So if you're more of a, you know, paying cash kind of sure. person, you can go down and buy that. Or just come to Utica's Do you Zuka have, shop. like, a limit for how many people you can get in the door? Is there like uh, a number you have to, like, can't go over? <laughs> I'm curious. Like, so we... <sighs> It, it's tough to say because technically speaking, the zoo is 80 acres. Yeah. We only use about 40 of them. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can fit a lot of people in 80 acres. Um, I mean, we generally, we generally expect about between 2,000, 2,500 people for one in the wilderness. Cool, yeah. And then Brewfest is between 3,500 and 4,000 people. Yeah. So. Brewfest is always just a, a, yeah. a sputtering mess of activity. Yeah. So many things going on I, everywhere. I, like, I always tell people if you want to have a more chill experience yeah. and just kind of like wander and just be outside, Wine Wilderness is, is your thing. But if you're looking to party and like hang out with literally mm-hmm. everybody you know. Yeah. Brewfest is your scene. So, but I mean, we, we, we hope that everyone really comes to both events because, like I said, there are number one and number two fundraisers. And, you know, 
they really allow us to do what we do, grow the zoo, bring in new animals, expand their exhibits. Um, you know, everything that we do is because we're a 501c3 um, not for profit, so we rely on donations, rely on fundraisers, rely on people coming to the yeah. zoo. So, um, I, I tell people all the time if you haven't been in the zoo in a while, it's not the same zoo it was five years ago, it's definitely not the same zoo it was 10 years ago. Yeah. So, if you haven't been in a while, uh, one of the most is probably a great time to come back. Yeah, and I think too, you make a really good point too. Like, it as opposed to Brewfest, where there's a lot going on, like this mm -hmm. gives you a little bit more of that time to sort of take that walk yes. around, sipping on a little Montepulciano and checking out the, the sea lions, <laughs> my, my wine of choice. Uh, let me ask you this question, I suppose. Um, with with every year, like you have the wine wilderness, like mm -hmm. Brewfest, these events, mm -hmm. how often do you, you guys think about expanding out to more events ever? Like is it a conversation or do you feel like you, you don't want to oversaturate the process? Well, it, it's it's funny you say that, and I and I will say for for everyone listening, this yeah. was the, we didn't talk about this no, prior. Not, there no, was no, no setup. No. This 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 no. is just uh, we actually are going to be adding a okay. new event this year. Um, it's going to be called Bourbon and Blues. Oh, um, I believe nice. it's going to be in September. Interesting. Um, it is going to be a very limited uh, number of tickets. Um, it is going to be a very uh, cool. high class event. It's going to be very educational. So it'll be a nice. lot of different. I'll be bringing in bourbon distilleries from all over New York State. Oh, that's really cool. Um, and you know a lot of education because bourbon is one of those things that. You know, a lot of people, they just think of bourbon as, you know, your Jimmy Beam, your Jack Daniels. But right. yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. just like craft beer, just like every other liquor, there is artisanal bourbons out there. And a lot of them are made it right here in New York State that are unbelievable. Um, it'll also be kind of like a cigar and bourbon type event. So it'll be, you know, we'll have people out there uh, rolling cigars, you know, right there fresh. Um, and, of course, we'll have, a, you know, a nice uh, blues band and blues music. So uh, a lot of details on that are still being worked out. But yeah, um, yeah it, we are, we are, we will be adding a bourbon-based event. Nice, nice, very cool. See, I didn't even know that. It was a nice bonus to ask that. And question. that is the first time I've spoken about that publicly. So Beautiful. you got the exclusive there. I love it. I love it. Uh, and again, folks, UticaZoo.org. Uh, check out everything they're doing. Support the zoo. It's been an institution since before I can even. 105th year this year. I mean, 105 years. It's. I, I think sometimes we don't appreciate that. You know, a lot of cities do not have their own no. zoo. You know what I mean? Like, no. there's a m many, many cities yeah. that don't have this there. And Especially being yeah. AZA accredited for a zoo our size is, is yeah. it, it, it's definitely an achievement. And I think that, like I said, if you haven't been in the zoo in a while, get back out to the zoo because it's not the same zoo it was years ago. Uh, all right. Very good. Before I let you run out the door, uh, a couple questions I have for Love you. It. Bring it on. Uh, Handshake City stuff we've been seeing down there. How are you yeah. feeling about this year so far? It's been exciting. First it, two events. Yeah, it, it, it's really, really fun. Um, it, it, it was so great this year because we did so much work last year. Like, it, it, you can't even put into words how much work was put in between yeah. our whole team and the little army list. of volunteers that, that came out. So, um but it was so nice to kind of come back in, do minimal yeah. kind of straightening up, be there. Um, and then it's just kind of ready to rock and roll and let us do what we do. And I, I think that um, the first two events have been a real testament to that. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, Barks and Brews coming up, is it's going to be fantastic. It, it, Barks and Brews was my favorite event last year. Yeah. So I, I, I have mine too. Yeah, so I, I think I think Handshake City is coming along really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people in the city are, are seeing the potential and what what we can actually do with it, and they're starting to come around. So. Can we uh, can we discuss the fact that your beard's getting pretty gray? It's very distracting. Absolutely. You're already too handsome. Yeah. You're already too handsome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I got I've got like the I've got like the wolf fang, just yeah. the one though. And uh, yeah, it's it, I don't I don't mind it. I'm I, I've noticed as I I went away from the mustache and I went back to the beard. Um, mm -hmm. I just couldn't I could never really 
I can never feel like, super comfortable with a mustache. It's hard to look at yourself in the mirror with just a mustache. I look too much like my dad. There was a, here's the thing, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it <laughs> when it was when I would shave it down to the mustache. Mm. I wouldn't like it. But then after a couple days, yeah. when I would get a little bit of the the fuzz coming the fuzz out of the clock, bottom yeah. of the mustache, yep. I was like, oh, you know what? This is not a bad look. It yeah. just became too much of a. Uh, like a struggle, like every couple of days, I'm like, nah, I gotta yeah. shave today if I wanna look good on Tuesday. You know? Yeah, so. like I, I I, was considering going with just the very, very short beard for a while, but yeah. it, it just like, it's starting, now that it's getting longer, it's starting to like grow down, so it's not like puffed out, so I got like a nice like face shield going on. I was tempted to shave everything off today because mm-hmm. now it's hot and I don't wanna get like that thing where your face is tan yep. but your yep. beard is not and you get like the mm-hmm. weird face sunburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I respect you going with the gray. It's kind of the reason I kept the beard when I came back. I was like, I'm getting a little gray in the sides now. It's time. As long as it's not in my hair, like on top of my head, I'm all right with that. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think that a gray beard is is, is not as making me look older as, yeah, yeah. you know, gray hair. Uh, and I guess uh, before I let you go, I'll give you one lightning round question yes. here. Uh, you're a Game of Thrones person. Uh, um, well, I'll lean towards No. But no, I've watched not. I've watched enough of it with uh, with Jill, my fiance, and and have heard you know Parkinson and everyone yeah. else. Fighting so you were in it. No, like I, I appreciate the cinematography of it. I appreciate yeah. like the general you know how it's shot and whatnot. But as far as following the story, it's very very difficult for me. I always I've said for years I'm not a hard fantasy guy. Lord of the Rings, Harry nope. Potter, nope. stuff like that doesn't nope. really hit my mm-hmm. sweet spot. Uh, well, I guess my question I was leading up to is like, now that that show is over, mm-hmm. do you guys have a new show, any new shows, any books, movies, albums, thing you've been watching lately? Um, so, I will say that probably my big thing right now, and it's on on Hulu, mm. is Letterkenny. Yeah, you've been talking a lot about Letterkenny. Yeah. You like Letterkenny. I'm, I don't I'm know if he- anyone has jumped on it with you. No, no. Let it, <laughs> it's one of those shows that you kind of have to give it a go. Yeah. Like, give it's it a, give it a real... Is it on Amazon, you It's on Hulu. On Hulu. It's, it's, a, Hulu, it's a Canadian TV show. Um, it's everything that you want a Canadian TV show to be because it's yeah. a lot of what we, you know, ignorantly, you know, think of Canadian culture. But sure. because it is Canadian and it's so real Canadian, uh, I've, I've watched, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes, you know, interviews with the yeah, creator yeah, yeah. one that, who's also the star of the show. And it, it's one of those things, it's like, okay, it, it's funny because it's stereotypical, but it's also funny because it's just funny. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, lot, yeah. a lot of the way it's written, a lot of just the deadpan kind of, like, dry mm-hmm. humor of it is really, really interesting. It's not, like, anything that I can really compare it to, you know, in the United States. Right, right, so, right. But, and what I love most about it is that it, even though it's a foreign show, it's still yeah, in yeah. English. But it's not like you know British English. It's not that type of dry humor. It's like it's it's like somewhere in between American and British humor. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I have to. I, I looked up a little bit of it after you talked about it. And again, I don't have Hulu, so I'd sure, have to sure. basically just like go on YouTube and watch clips about. I'll, 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 I'll let you be a parasite on my Hulu. Well, I appreciate that, Trace. You can go <laughs> on the other network if you want it. Uh, all right, so that's a good way to start. Uh, again, uticazoo.org. Uh, again, check it out. All the cool events uh, this weekend, Wine in the Wilderness, June 1st. Uh, go to uticazoo.org to check it out, plus all the upcoming events later this year. Uh, and, of course, you can see Mark and Zach and myself and everybody here at Made in Utica at Handshake City uh, next, not this weekend coming up, but next weekend. June 9th. Barks, June, June 9th. 9th. Sunday. Sunday. For Barks and Brews, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the Thank show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Sorry for cracking your hand there. That's all right. I'm very strong. <laughs> I'll be back to the show in just a moment.
again to the Renaissance man, Mr. Mad Props, old school cool, Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh, I, I really like all that champion gear that he's got there and all the sports stuff. I just like old 90s sports paraphernalia. I can't help it. Again, maybe it's just nostalgia, but uh, some of that stuff just looks cooler than the it stuff that cool. you have now. Like, the, in terms of, yeah. I, the kids really dug it through the last yeah. event. I saw the one kid, like, trying to talk to his mom and explain why he needed this fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> Bel-Air Academy basketball jersey, and she was just not getting it. I had friends from like, Albany come in and buy jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, all right. You guys, uh, you guys want to do history lessons, or I have a different little side segment that we can do first. You can do whatever you want. Sure, the show. History lessons. Yeah, all right, let's do the history lessons. Uh, we'll get them out of the way. That's fine. They're a little drab this week, I have to admit. Uh, on this week, 1431. That's always a bad start when you go back to 1431. Uh, Joan of Arc was accused of relapsing into heresy, uh, providing justification for her execution, which took place later in the week. Do you know what it was that she was charged her- for heresy for? Like what her, her the character trait that got her in trouble that ended up getting her executed? Cross dressing. Mm. Mm-hmm. She wore a lot of men's clothes. Although we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Joan of Arc, nicknamed the Maid of Orleans, is considered a heroine of France for her role during the Lancastrian phase of the Hundred Years' War. I hope I said that right. Uh, and was canonized as a Roman Catholic saint. Uh, she claimed to have received visions of the Archangel Michael, Saint Margaret, and Saint Catherine of Alexandria, instructing her to support Charles VII and recover France from English domination late in the Hundred Years' War. Uh, she was captured on May 23rd, 1430, uh, and it wasn't. It was almost a full year later that she was put uh, burned at the stake at only the age of 19, which I think is kind of crazy. Oh. She's so young, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone lived younger then. <laughs> everyone died younger then, yeah, but, but you still. Yeah, think about it. Uh, she's famous for, uh, she's remained popular because of literature, painting, sculpture. I remember they made the movie about her with, I want to say, Hilary Swank played her in a movie, I want to say. I could be wrong. I, thought, I remember that specifically, I feel like. but uh, Yeah, so the reason that she got in trouble, again, heresy was a capital crime uh, for repeat offenses. Uh, and she had the repeat offense of cross-dressing because she wore a lot of military-style clothing because that's what, you know, that was considered male clothing at the time. However, uh, she claims that she wore this clothing in prison because it allowed her to, like, keep her clothes on and her boots and together more tightly to stop men from, like, trying to sexually assault her in prison. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, after she died, uh, 26 years after she died, in 1546... An inquisitional court authorized by Pope Calatux III, again, I hope I said that one right, uh, debunked the charges against her and pronounced her innocent and declared her a martyr. So there you go. Joan of Arc. Um, kind of a dark dark story. <laughs> dark stuff. Yes. What's the matter? Nothing. This is dark. I know. It's a dark story. I don't know. Uh, speaking of dark, let's go to our next one. On this day, 1961, the very first blacklight was sold oh. in the United States of America. You had a blacklight? Of course I did. I had a blacklight. I did not have a blacklight. I wish you a blacklight cool was... You didn't have a blacklight. I wish blacklight was like a more acceptable thing. Well, okay. I actually very much enjoy... Yeah. That was my question I was going to ask. Light. What is the... What does blacklight... If you walk into someone's house and they have blacklights, what do you think of them immediately? They're hippies? Is it a hippie thing? I mean, they definitely have yeah, weed. Like... <laughs> they do. They yeah. Definitely they definitely weed. smoke. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is that what it is? That like the number one like indicator? If you, see, if you walk into somebody's house and you see the black light, you're like that dude smokes. Yeah, they definitely do drugs and they're, defi- <laughs> and they're definitely not saving it for marriage. They definitely love Grateful yeah. Dead. 
Uh, you know what no, I don't, don't? No, 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 no. No, I, I don't definitely Grateful love Dead. Grateful Dead. <coughs> I don't like Grateful Dead. I like Grateful Dead. That's fair. Yeah. I like Blacklight and a lava lamp. Uh, there are actually two different types of blacklights. Uh, the first one, the traditional one you would see in your house, is just the ultraviolet material that either has the bulb itself is colored or there's a separate glass bulb that covers it. The light itself isn't, the, mm. you know, that color. Uh, the second type that you see in, like, bug zappers uh, doesn't have, that's different. That's the same kind of idea, but that's also considered a black, like those bug zappers, but those are actually a whole different item. Yeah, I remember, like, our buddy Nate, shout out to Nate. I feel like he had the room with all the posters, where if you turn the black light on, all the posters would change colors. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. Our buddy Nick Vasali, our buddy Dave Maliani, our buddy, just about our buddy Steve Anderson, a lot of our buddies. What does that say about a lot of our friends? <laughs> a bunch of, of our, deviants. A lot of our friends smoked weed. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, the other one I always think of, too, is that episode of Friends where Ross gets his teeth whitened and goes to the girl's house and she turns the light off and she has the black light <laughs> and his teeth start glowing. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's all I can ever think of, too, in that one. Uh, all right. Moving on. In this day, 1994, the Flintstones live-action movie opened. Do you remember the Flintstones live-action movie? Of course. Classic. Yeah. I went to the theater to see this one, actually. Classic. <laughs> Uh, 1994, uh, directed by uh, Brian Levant, written by Tom S. Parker, Jim Genoweth, and Stephen E. D'Souza. Kevin, I have to ask you a question about this name, because this is the one that stuck out to me. Stephen E. D'Souza is the guy who makes, like, all the MAGA movies and all, like, the pro-Trump movies, isn't he? False. No? Who's that guy? Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh. So it's not the same guy. Uh, Good. Because I thought this was a very strange flex to go from making the Flintstones movie to making, like, MAGA movies. I'm like, that doesn't really line up for me. Good. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Uh, The film stars stars John Goodman, uh, Rick Moranis, Elizabeth Perkins, and Rosie O'Donnell as Fred, Barney, Wilma, and Betty, respectively. And also features one of my longtime favorite actors, Kyle MacLachlan, as a villainous executive vice president of Fred's company named... Cliff Vandercave. Great name. Shout out to Holly Berry as well. Oh, movie. yeah. Yes, too. Holly Berry as his seductive, his seductive secretary, yeah. Miss Stone. True. And it was also the final theatrical film appearance of Elizabeth Taylor, who played Pearl Slaghoople, who was Wilma's mother. People always talk about like the last thing the actor does like before they like pass away the last movie. Uh, this is one people talk about, like, oh, but she's embarrassed. Nah, she probably got paid. Like, Damn, what, she hell did she what the hell did she care? I, if you're, like, 80, 90 years old, how old she was, and you're still getting embarrassed by things, like, you, I'm, even if you get past the mm. point, you're in your 30s, you're getting embarrassed yeah. by stuff. Yeah. Like, you need to go see a therapist. Yeah. But, like, you're 80, 90? No. The one I always think of is, uh, do you remember the Transformers animated movie from when we were kids? Nope. Well, they made an animated Transformers movie, and Orson Welles played the voice of, um, oh God, what's his name? Unicron, who was the big bad guy. Sure. And that was like a thing that people were like, oh, I can't believe that like Orson Welles would lend his voice to this. Like, it's like, why? Oh, I can't believe paid. Orson Welles got a paycheck. Yeah, like, from like, my what, really? Chair. Well, I go work for the insurance company for $30,000 <laughs> yeah. a year. He's also, like, he's also good in that movie, so I'm just saying. Uh, the film itself, go back to the Flintstones, by the way, uh, earned $342 million worldwide against a $46 million budget, making it a huge box office success despite negative reviews from critics. Uh, observers criticized the storyline and tone, which they deemed too adult and too mature for family audiences. I don't remember that being I just adulter. watched it, actually, like, a few months ago. <laughs> I think when you make, like, a kid's movie, you kind of get caught up in that weird um, space where you want to make a movie that appeals to kids, but also, if you've ever been to a movie with a kid, it sucks if the movie's not somewhat entertaining to adults. Pixar does a good job of making 
kids movies work for adults and for kids. Well, we can talk about it now. I plan on talking about it later. Uh, apparently, this new Aladdin movie that came out this week has been gotten getting really, really bad reviews. I hope so. It looks bad. Um, and all the people like it, though. Oh. Yeah, the people seem to like it. But the people like it. One of the questions I heard on one of these Ringer podcasts about it, though, is like, who is this movie for? Because it's like, there are little kids who are scared of Frozen. It's too scary, some parts of the movie, right? Like, is a live-action Aladdin movie a movie for kids? Or is it for people like us, who are, like, nostalgic for 1993? It's for people overseas. Overseas. That's, yeah, a, great, yeah, that's a great, well. Yeah, this is for, this is for the entire subcontinent. Yeah. And everybody over there. I, sp- I feel like it was more for a nostalgic feel for people who... Like, here it is, I suppose. Yeah, here. Yeah. China, I, India, Pakistan, yeah. all my, folks. My niece and nephew are 11 reasons. and 13, and they do not care that this movie's out. Like, they're not really mm-hmm. interested in it uh, in the way that I think they would have been if this was just a Disney cartoon, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I'm sort of confused about... But if you see the previews, it wasn't appealing to that age, though. I don't feel No, like I'm interested because so. I want to go see Big Blue Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've also heard that it's... I mean... I've heard the biggest problem with this new Aladdin... I guess we'll just do the Aladdin thing now. Uh, the biggest problem with this Aladdin movie is, like, the that movie had really good music, right? The original Aladdin, like, some of the most popular, like, Disney songs of a generation, right? Like, Your Whole New Worlds and Prince Ali and all these kind of things. And Do they not have that? Do they not do those songs? They the do them, but it, the performances are just not there, apparently, from what everyone's saying. Like, Will can't sing the same way that Robin Williams can. Like, mm-hmm. the... Naomi Scott is not singing the same way as the the girl from the last one, who did like that amazing read. I'm sure that the guy who's singing it is better than Steve from Full House, who played Aladdin in the original one, but I think they got a different person to do his singing. So, yeah, I don't know. I've heard this. If the songs aren't as good as the original, I don't know what this movie's made for. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sort of... I mean... I'll have to watch it. I'll to look at... So we're sitting here discussing it. How many articles you see on it everywhere? Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's talking about it. That's what it's made for. It's working. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. It's working. It's deeply in the consciousness. People are interested in seeing it. People are interested in watching it. You know what I mean? I think it's... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to say if they don't like it, then they don't... Yeah, I wonder... Of these Disney live-action... they already got your money. They don't care if you like it. That's true. I mean, Disney's just going to keep making more and more of these live-action movies. They've already made... They're making another... uh, Lion King's coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're making another one of those Maleficent movies with Angelina Jolie. That we looked awesome. It did look pretty good. Really good. Yeah. Have to look at the trailer Um, for that one. Dumbo did really poorly. I wanted to see Dumbo. It did very badly in terms of uh, I don't know about reviews, but in terms of like making money back, it was not a hit. I knew somebody wouldn't see Dumbo. They said it wasn't very good. Yeah. Really, it looked really good. Again, I don't know who that movie's for. Tim Burton Dumbo for us adults, right? Do we want to go back to Flintstones? I don't really think you. They made a sequel to Flintstones. Still doing Flintstones? No, I guess not. We move ahead. They made a sequel to Flintstones. Do you remember that one? No. No. It was called Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, which came out uh, six years later. You probably don't remember because the original people didn't play the same characters. They, like, recast everybody. Uh, All right, that's it. Moving on. Uh, How far do we get in? Oh, geez, 11 minutes. Uh, I guess we can skip past Christopher Reeves. Today, on this day, 1995, Christopher Reeves fell off the horse and got paralyzed. Yeah, it was very sad. Um... I mean, First I remember the first time I'd ever heard of him when he fell off that horse. Yeah. Never knew who he was. Before. You didn't know him in well, Superman. It was in 1995, no, though. We were young. I never. I saw one of those Superman movies when I was a kid. I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've gone back, watched them. I like them less. They're not good. I've got absolutely no, yeah. I've got we zero care for her, so. Superman as a whole. Really, I don't really. I'm not really a Superman guy. We've talked about yeah. on this show, but like Christopher Reeve as Superman, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put it this way right here. You know, 
May 27th, he becomes quadriplegic after falling off the horse. You know, he founds Christopher Reeve Foundation and the Research Center to help, you know, folks with spinal injuries and human embryonic stem tissue research and or stem cell research, things like that. Uh, one of the things I thought was the most interesting about Christopher Reeves, though, which has nothing to do with the accident, is the amount of movies he turned down in his career that ended up being massive successes. So he does the first Superman movie uh, in whatever year it was, and it's 1978. And he's getting typecast, so he's turning down all of these roles. He turned down the lead roles in American Gigolo, The World According to mm. Garp, Splash, Fatal Attraction, Pretty Woman, wow. Romancing the Stone, Lethal Weapon, Body Heat. He was also supposed to be in the movie Hannibal. Remember the the, the yeah. second the sequel yeah. to Silence of the Lambs? He had offered he was offered to play the role of Mason Verger, who was the primary bad guy in that movie, based on the you know. Whatever. He hadn't read the novel, though, and when finding out that the character was, like, uh, in a wheelchair and used the portable ventilator and was, like, a scumbag who, liked uh, attacked kids and stuff, he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I, I could, don't... I could see why he wouldn't play American that Jiggle, Richard, Two Richard Gere movies. Good ones that he turned down. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Um, that role that he turned down, Hannibal, went to Gary Oldman, who I thought was quite good in that role, actually. Mm -hmm. Gary Oldman's good in everything. Uh, all right, Christopher Reeves, that's it. And uh, on this day, 2006... Uh, Barry Bonds hit his 715th career home run, passing Babe Ruth on the all-time list. Heather, what are your thoughts on Barry Bonds? Before? Really? I'm just curious. Do you really? Think I... I don't have a thought. Well, when I say Barry Bonds, does, what does you make you think of? Just baseball. Not steroids? No, I didn't think about steroids. Interesting. Because I'm glad, because as someone who doesn't like watch a lot of baseball, I would assume that Barry Bonds is... You don't watch any baseball. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I think steroids is the Bonds thing that people talk about now, like the controversial end of his career. He is not in the Hall of Fame as of... Uh, 20... Really, like, the controversial majority of his career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. Uh, he's regarded as an exceptional hitter, one of the best hitters of all time. Uh, he's also noticeably a central figure in baseball steroid scandal. He is indicted on charges of perjury and obstruction of justice in 2007. Um, let me ask you this question. There's a lot. There's a list of people here I'm going to name who are not in the Hall of Fame uh, that people argue should be. Mm. Do you think that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? Of course. Of course. So you're on the side that like, doesn't matter. It's all ridiculous. I'm with you, too. I think he's one ridiculous. of the most... Armchair quarterback people sniffing their own farts. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right. No, you're right. That's what it is. Because uh, it's... it's. I always thought about this with the Pete Rose thing. It's like, the man has more hits than anybody in baseball history. It's not the Hall of Nice. That's like a thing people say. Like, it doesn't matter if he's a good guy. He's the leading hitter in baseball of all time, right? He should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, a lot of people argue that he's already in the Hall of Fame, even though he's not inducted because his numbers and the story, mm -hmm. but like that's not it's not the same thing. Some of the others, Shoeless Joe Jackson, who never got into the Hall of Fame Who's because that? of... Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson was from the Chicago White Sox uh, early in the 1900s, but he was involved in the Chicago Black Sox scandal of 1919, uh, where they were throwing games in the Super Bowl, or sorry, the World Series, and because of that, uh, he was banned from entering the Hall of Fame along with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if you read his story, he he apparently was not necessarily throwing games. He was one of the guys, if you go back and read the information, who was still, like, hitting really well. Look at his numbers. Like, he may not have been involved in the actual throwing of it, but either here or there. Uh, Don Mattingly, former Yankees player. People just like him. I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, Roger Clemens, another guy with controversy based on steroids. He probably will get in eventually. Of course should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and then Fred McGriff was another one they said, but I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame, but... I don't know enough about his numbers. All right, that's it. History lessons. You guys ready to move on? A couple other things before we close out here yeah. on this lovely day. All right, Brady. Yeah, yeah before we run back through some Fred McGriff stuff. Some Fred, <laughs> yeah, some Fred McGriff stats. Uh, just some weird news from the week. Uh, this is shout out to all my my folks from New York City. 
Uh, I read about this week and I, this story this week, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Apparently, there is a person in New York City. They're calling him the Subway Supervillain, who has been getting on subways for over two months now, three months now, pulling the emergency brakes on the train to shut down the whole lines during busy hours, and then sneaking off into the darkness oh. through the tunnels. He's just a troll. He's New York's subway troll. I couldn't stop reading about this story. I want to know more. It's like, I, I can't tell you. I mean, for any folks who've gone to New York City, you've been on the subway. Like, that was my primary source of transportation for seven years of my life. I did not really do taxis or Ubers. I liked the subway. And let me tell you, th- it does not take much to throw the subway into complete chaos. There's a great video about how subway delays build up because of the way the system works. Man, this guy is gotta be like public enemy number one is in New York City, like right? Is he wearing a costume and everything? No, apparently they think that he is sneaking out through the fronts of the trains and then going through the tracks so that nobody can catch him, like out in through the tunnels. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's so invested. So I'm so yeah. Uh, this was the tweet from May 21st. We suspect somebody has intentionally disrupted thousands of commuters on the two three line today by activating multiple trains emergency brakes. Uh, it's sort of like, and I have to say. I've been on the train before, and you look up, and that thing's there, and you're like, I wonder what would happen if I pulled it. But I would never really pull it, right? Apparently, you can just pull it. I don't know. I thought that was a crazy story. Uh, If I was in New York, I would definitely would be chasing down the subway supervillain. I'd want to be involved somehow. You need a sidekick. I'm sure you want to be my sidekick. We can do like a a Batman Robin type thing. Uh, also this week, after more than 20 years, this is kind of a crazy story, the Rolling Stones and The Verve have resolved a sour dispute over the authorship of the song Bittersweet Symphony. Do you remember that song? No, I, no, I remember the song. Yeah, yeah. The story too. Uh, so, last November, uh, last November, Ashcroft was on an interview for Consequence of Sound that made some quote about, uh, about this song saying, I'm coming for that money. Somebody stole God knows how many millions of dollars off of me in 1997, and they've still got it. Uh, a couple months later, uh, true behold, Nick, uh, Keith, uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards signed over all their publishing for Bittersweet Symphony. Uh, it just feels like this is, like, what took so long on this story? It's like 1997, we're talking like 31 years later. It really took that long to go through this kind of procedure. I feel like they when they came after Alan Thicke, they got him in like real quickly about his song stuff, right? Ooh. He was the, uh, Robin Thicke. He did the Blurred Lines thing. He got sued for stealing that song. Oh, yeah. Probably more obvious. They probably had to go through like a ton of stuff. I didn't think... See. I See, I didn't think that song was very obvious. I didn't catch the Blurred Lines thing. Oh, yeah, dude. It's the same thing. <sighs> it's the same thing. Um, uh, I have to go back and listen to it. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. as soon as... I remember like when that song first came out, we are like, wait a minute. Hmm. Marvin Gaye song. What are you doing? Um, but this, well, this is literally the opposite. It's yeah. the exact same thing that happened. They got Richard Ashcroft immediately. Same way they got mm-hmm. Robin Thicke immediately. Yeah, but when, what happened since now and then? Like, why did it change? Was he right the whole time? Or did the did the Rolling Stones just give up on fighting this anymore? The Rolling Stones were right, but it did, they, they weren't fighting. They had it. They yeah. weren't fighting anything. Yeah. They decided to be nice, and they decided that... I think what probably happened would make the most sense. They were fully correct. Um, it's their music, you know what I mean? Is their right to do... I think 20 years later, because when that first came out, like, the, they, the bittersweet, Richard Ashcroft was, like, barely a thing, especially yeah. here in America, you know what right. I mean? Bigger right. deal in Britain, but still, and so I think it was, like, a flash in the pan, one hit wonder, like, oh, we don't want this guy just making this money off this, but now that it's 20 years later, Richard Ashcroft has continued to be himself and only, you know, grows a musician since then and been around, mm-hmm. I think finally you look back at it, especially as you're getting later and later in your life and approaching mortality and being like, okay, you know what? Like, we maybe, maybe we can cut this guy a break, cut some slack on this, because he obviously 
made a huge, huge impact with this song. You still hear Bittersweet Symphony all the time, yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean? So that's a great point. You guys want to do a couple of bits from other blogs, some mailbag questions before we close out today? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a good one. Um, I'm a college student from a summer internship in San Francisco. While I'm on this internship, I barely make enough money to cover my portion of the expensive rent. Mm-hmm. On Fridays, my coworkers go out to happy hours after they're done with work, and they tend to pick trendy bars and spend lots of money on wine, $12 cocktails, $15 drinks. Uh I don't have as much money to spend as my friend. I'm just wondering if there's any tips for eating or drinking cheap or whether I should just not go. Uh, so do you have any tips or tricks on drinking cheap if you don't want to spend money but you don't want to be antisocial? I can't. <laughs> you're, you're smiling over there. I'm laughing because I'm... I don't even know what to say to that. Go out during happy hour or you could buy one, get one. And try to yeah. get your friends to go out during that. Ride the you deals. You that in San Francisco, trendy cocktail bars in San Francisco. True. They're not doing buy one, get one. Well, you're hanging out with wrong friends. I'll say a couple <laughs> things. One, ride the deals. Like, if you're going to a place and they're doing, like, two-for-ones on something, drink whatever the two-for-ones is. You, you can't be picky said. if you're trying to save But you've got to get your friends to go to those kind of places. Right, right. Uh, the other one, uh, I pop in late. If I don't want to spend money, let them go in there first. Like if you're anything, I'm going to stay at the office, work on something, and I'll meet you guys there. Once everybody's got a couple drinks in here and there, they won't notice if you pop in, just have one or two and then, and then bug out because they've already started. You know what I mean? There's ways you can sort of cut it in. Uh, I mean, I, I don't go out as often as not, but I, I do struggle. Like I don't want to spend more than like $20 mm-hmm. on the bar. I guess it's a problem for me. I feel like it's a waste of money. Kev, what about you? You work in a bar. What have you seen for people who are trying to like, you see people just sit on the same drink for a couple hours? Is that common? Uh, some people, depending on what they get. I mean, we don't really, our bar is not really the type where people are coming in trying to like, okay, I got $11, how can I make it work for Right, me? exactly. Yeah, not yeah, that yeah. it's like a big spending bar, but like, you know, it's a drinking bar. People come out and like, they're okay with, you know, spending a little bit of cash on drinks. Drinks aren't that expensive. Um, I would recommend to this guy that he goes out and maybe switches over to just like club soda and a rocks glass with a lime in it. Yes. And mind your business and just drink club soda all night. Um, don't get yourself in any sort of weird situation where you're going to be responsible for buying a round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, buy a drink, you know, something like that, and then, you know, just do that. Just don't keep pace drinking with everybody all night. You know what I mean? You won't spend money. Mm-hmm. Club Soda Lime is free. In my history, uh, if I tell people I do not have much money to spend at the bar, people will tend, uh, tend to buy you a drink. I, was I mean, that's say, pretty common. Just, if, like, I'm only, oh, yeah. I got you, bro. You can hit a lot of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then you're always that person. The other one, though, is I'm not trying to use anything but cash. If I have cash on me, I can dictate how much money I spend. I feel like it's too easy to just spend too much when you put that card down on there. So if you're trying to limit money, I guess use that cash. Bring out a certain amount of cash. Yeah, a certain amount of cash. Limit your, you know, know what you're going to spend. Don't open that card up because then just willy-nilly. You never know what happens after that. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. I have a coworker who says she loves vegetables. Who actually likes vegetables? Oh, Everybody. Adults. I know mean? as an adult I should eat them to be healthy, but what kind of weirdo actually likes them? You're the weirdo. Almost everybody. <laughs> everybody. I love vegetables. I was hoping for that expression. I'm surprised that either of you guys will eat vegetables because they don't come with a printed out date from the FDA. I get that's weird about point. them. If they look funny in the package, I'll throw them out. Which is, and that's literally, with vegetables, it's the worst thing you can do. That's a big thing. They say a lot of the food waste we get comes from people who will be shopping. They're like, oh, well, this apple doesn't look exactly perfect. That's no, true. And it's like, so I'm going to buy the one stuffed full of GMOs instead. No, I, buy organic. I bought organic. Organic doesn't mean anything in the grocery store. 
That's well, not a real thing. I've seen the run now where people start selling just the ugly food. Like, they make a whole yeah, thing yeah. of, like, this is the food we can't sell. It's still the perfectly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's smart. We, it's a good way to do it. We get ours through the common thread mm-hmm. yeah, every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, yeah, though. Everybody likes vegetables. What was the first vegetable as a kid that you got in on? Like, I liked what, them all. I did not like vegetables as a kid, but I, I would say more. that broccoli was actually the first. Wow. Vegetable. Broccoli was huge. Yeah. Broccoli, broccoli was a big one. Broccoli yeah. was the broccoli is like the towering mountaintop of vegetables for me really? as a child. Yeah, as a kid, I mm-hmm. ate so much broccoli as a kid. But I really like green beans, peas, carrots, oh. corn. Uh, I do not care for, for corn unless it's on the cob. Like if oh, you put shot. corn on a plate, I'm not really interested you're in it. Shot. No. I like corn in things, right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, peas, I'm kind of yeah. 50-50 on. Cauliflower. Ooh, yeah. Really like cauliflower as a kid. I love that. Uh, Carrots, my mom used to make something called candied carrots, which were basically dessert. It was like like brown sugar Not into those so much. My great-grandmother used to make carrots, though, and they'd be real buttery, and she'd roast them, and they'd boil them up, and they were real soft, and... Carrots were an early one too, but yeah, broccoli stands at the top of the mountain. What's your number one vegetable now? Broccoli. Broccoli? Yeah. It's weird. I still... You give me some Brussels sprouts. I'll fry them up. I love Brussels sprouts. I'll fry them up good. Roasted Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I mean, unless you're talking about specific kinds, it's, you know, peppers are always yeah. excellent mm-hmm. as I get parsnips. older. You know what I mean? Any kind of oh, peppers like that. So good. Uh, all right, good. Yeah, so you're, you're a shot. Enjoy vegetables. They're good for you. Uh, this one's mostly for me, I feel like. What would you say is the proper distance... What would you say if Kyle McLaughlin played for Liverpool? That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, what would you say is the proper distance waiting in line beside behind someone in a store, movie theater, grocery store line? Uh, I'm a firm believer in the pivot rule. I can pivot out like I can get a rebound. The net. If I can pivot out and hit you like I'm with an elbow with a rebound, I'm too close. But he, this person has noticed that old people will stand very close to you. Uh... And then you get worried that they're going to, like, say something to you or get close to you. What's your take? If you're in line, how close are you getting to the person in front of you? I mean, as far enough away as I can get while still being in line. Yeah, I'm not trying you to You got to judge the situation as you read it. You know, especially, like, as a guy, uh, you want to be a little more careful. If you're in somewhere, you don't want anybody to feel, especially, and especially as, like, a very large man who's very tall. Yeah, um, that's a great You point. don't ever want to make anybody feel like you're encroaching in the space. And you're always, con- I mean, I know myself, I'm constantly, constantly on public cognizant of, like, yeah people's space and like stranger yeah. space and situations like in lines and stores even like you know i've had times where like i end up going down the same grocery aisle like this one this one this one after some lady and i'll just switch and go around to the yeah. mm-hmm. store yeah. you know what i mean uh have you had any takes on i've this? never really thought about it before i've I thought just, about it because i've always felt like i've always had good i don't know i just never thought about it i don't think about it i'm, I'm like overly polite to strangers in public like i'll give too much space mm-hmm. and i'll hold the doors too long and shit like that but uh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but when people do this to me, I get very frustrated. Like if I'm at the, if I'm cashing out and they give me my money back and I'm like putting it in my wallet and like putting my stuff away and I can feel the person behind me like mm-hmm. moving up. It's like, hang on. I'm fucking, or like when you're I'm putting, moving. When you're putting groceries on there and you're, there's no room for theirs yet, but they're trying to figure out how they're going to squeeze their groceries yes. on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. conveyor belt hasn't moved yet. I mean, that's like a patience thing. I think. Yeah. It's like, it's how much of a rush is this person in? Like how, how much patience they have. You can tell when somebody's been waiting that line mm-hmm. for a long time. Especially too. a lot of times if I'm at like specifically, if I'm at the grocery store, I'm probably... Well, this is happening, I'm checking out. I've probably already got a conversation going between myself, the person behind me, the person at the cash register, and somebody doing bags anyway. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together, you know what I mean? So you keep everybody working, then you can sort of dictate control the way the whole situation plays out. See, Nobody can... That's that's very you, because for me, 
I am talking to the cashier, uh-huh. and that's it. I'm not talking to the people in the store. I want to be in with the people who work there. Like, how are you guys doing today? You guys oh. okay? Yeah, I'm not interested in like the other people in the grocery store. You like, do the funny thing, though. You get distracted when you're cashing out. Like, you're only half paying attention to the people. So you'll ask them four times in a row, so how's your day going? Like, oh, it's pretty good. The checkout's one of the stuff. So how's your day going? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They're just like, I'm still, still good. Still good. And you're like, all right, get out of here. So how are you guys doing? You guys okay? We're great. Yeah, yeah. thanks for asking. Uh, all right, good. Let's uh, let's move. Uh, one last last thing to close out. Uh, this is for the wrestling fans out there in the world. Do you know that this is the 20 year anniversary of the death of Owen Hart happened this week? Yes. Um, very sad for folks who don't know the story. Owen Hart, uh, one of the famous, most famous wrestlers of the 90s. He was the brother of Bret the Hitman Hart of the famous Hart wrestling family. He died in a legitimate accident that happened during a pay per view where he fell from the the ceiling and he landed on the ring and he. And it's funny because someone brought this up. It, it was before the internet was really a thing, right? So I remember somebody calling me who would, like, watch the pay-per-view who was a friend of mine. It was like, oh, my God, I, did you see about Owen Hart? And I was like, no, I did not because there was no way to see. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a... Now, like, that video would have been all over the I internet. Know. Like, what have people been on their phone? Like, no one's ever seen that really happen if you didn't watch it live because they got rid of all the content for it. And not that you'd want to go see no. it, but they just... It's funny that nowadays, like, that would be... Like, all over everything would be, like, the number one story. And then it was, like, you heard it happened, and you had to sort of wait to see if WWE was going to say something about it or release some sort of statement. Like, just a different time. And mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. Like, this would have been even worse now, I think, in hindsight. I mean, like, just with all the people. It would have carried on, yeah. too. Yeah. They wouldn't have gotten away with it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, they would have they been properly, like, prosecuted mm. for their negligence. Yeah, it's true. They probably It's one of those things that no one talks about, really. It's their fault. He didn't want to do it, from what I read. Like he wasn't super psyched no. about going up on stage to do this. Like uh, he was on like a what do you call it? like um, he was on the rafters, dropping down on a harness. A harness, yeah, the harness drops. Yeah, but they had a quick release. It was like a marine carabiner, so not mm-hmm. a carabiner used for like actual climbing yeah. and like, rock work. Yep. It was used for tying up like marine stuff mm-hmm. and marine lines. Yeah. And it was a quick release. That, like when they were doing tests, like when he went to like adjust his cape, it would release sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. a Those super are bad. quick release. So you yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, WWE gets away with so a lot of stuff. From the ceiling. And just kept and hit his head on the ring post. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was weird too because I had watched. I watched a lot of wrestling back then. It was weird that I didn't happen I to be watching thing. that one. I remember watching that one. Well, no, nobody saw anything. It was weird. It was weird because when you were watching it, they're like, "This match is coming up." Then all of a sudden, they just started cutting to weird shots of the crowd, and the commentators weren't saying anything. It was like, "What's happening? What's mm-hmm. going on?" Then they came on, and they're like, "Oh, you know, the announcers like, oh, there was this accident. Like, we don't really know what's going to go on. This and that." And they just went on with the show. So it wasn't like you saw anything yeah. happen. It was very strange. Yeah. The other one that was weird, and this isn't the same. Do you remember when Jerry Lawler, the announcer, had the heart attack on live television? Yeah. That was a weird moment. Like, I wasn't watching then. I, was I wasn't watching, a yeah. fan of the product. That was like much later after I kind of stopped. But yeah. I remember seeing that. That was very strange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's still fine, Jerry Lawler. But, uh, all right. Let's move along. Uh, this is a great show. Thanks, Heather, for coming in on your Memorial Day. You're uh, Kevin, I appreciate you taking time on this beautiful Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's right. Fuck. Thanks, Zach Wilson. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter at Heather Was One. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, I don't even know what Zach's Twitter handle is. Mad props. Mad props. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to link Officially it. Officially mad. Props. Officially outrageous. mad. Outrageous. <laughs> super cool, bro. Uh, thanks again to Zach. Thank you to uh, all you listeners out there for following us at Uticast on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Uh, we are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. Cyanar, humanoids, Woodstock libs. Keep it tight. We will be back 
next week for episode 206. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.